What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by CinematicReal.com. I am your host, David. I am Joey Went today, Mr. Jack Renault. Welcome to Haddonfield, my friend. No! No! <laughs> no, it's, mo- it's more of, no! No! Man, yeah. It, this Halloween entry has been a long time coming, and I never knew it was this one, so you can imagine the delight when that popped up, but I'm excited to be here talking about this fourth installment of a horror franchise I'm pretty sure all of you all are very fond of yes we were going to have three special guests but uh unfortunately one of them is in california he was not sure if he was going to be able to wake up in time so shout out to Gaius on that one but we will definitely have him on again soon but i do have two big halloween fans and two good friends of mine mr rory welcome to the podcast for the first time tell Hello. everyone about yourself um, I was literally just um, waiting for my check to come. To the- <laughs> it's it, just expect it the same time frame as jury duty checks. It'll 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 get there. You just don't know when. I'll pencil that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I met you at a, a horror movie convention and we clicked. I think you you zeroed in on my Criterion T-shirt and we just started talking. We were standing in a Roger Roger Jackson. Jackson yeah to meet the voice from scream and uh, yeah we just have a shared love of, of film awesome and, uh, yeah awesome so very... and you again at a comic-con randomly yes just a few <laughs> days chances ago of that, by the way are ridiculous by the way i really love your superman hoodie i think it's a oh. phenomenal hoodie <laughs> yeah thank you it's um yeah is it from 1978 it is about 1978 ah, okay uh, um and he's been on the pod before and I've been on his. Very happy to have Mark back. Welcome back, Hi. sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, guys. What a lovely way to start the day to celebrate this franchise, this sequel. Um, no Superman hoodie for me, but at least at least we have the red and blue. So I mean, it's a, a Superman theme unofficially. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's great to see you, Dave and Jack. You both were on my show for Poltergeist on mm-hmm. Release Date Rewind. And then Dave, Super you were just Mario. on it earlier this year for Super Mario, which was so <laughs> much fun. So you guys will definitely be back. But yeah, my podcast is Release Date Rewind. We talk about movies as well. Different friends and I celebrate, um, you know, anniversaries. So I am so happy because I don't, I don't typically talk about movies for their 35th anniversary just because I'm like, I can't do it all. So I'm... I'm very happy to be here for this special anniversary. Yes, so we oh, are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just—I wanted to just throw in one thing that's kind of specific about this movie for me. Um, it's funny because you said, um, like, "Oh, here's the choices of the the podcast we're going to be doing," and I saw the Halloween Four, and I got really excited because Halloween Four was actually the very, very first movie that I ever bought with my own money as a child. So I think. Mm-hmm. I was, it's Very funny. Little. Hold that thought because there's a section where we talk about our first viewing and I have a similar story to you when it uh-huh. comes to Halloween 4. The funny thing is, guys, is that we've had a lot. I, I've never had so many people want to jump on the pod for this one and I was not going to have seven people on here. I'll say that. And I keep telling Jack that everyone's gauging interest on Halloween 4. What was your reaction, Jack? 
I, I was I was like, guys, you know that we're covering the original next week, right? The one that's like a lauded classic. So I, all everybody's desire to talk about it had me coming into this with some expectations, to say the least. I think because everyone's talked about Halloween so many times in over the last like forty five years, it's like no one talks <laughs> about Halloween four except real hardcore. So this is like definitely one that gauge a lot of interest but we're definitely going to get into that in a second but let's continue the halloween talk with some of the news of the week where halloween the halloween movie and tv rights have a kind of new home but an old home uh it was rumored uh-huh. to go to a24 but the halloween movie and tv rights are back at miramax and yeah, yeah. yeah um i would actually like to see what a24 would have been able to do with this uh I, I don't know about A24. Like, I mean, A24 is great for the most part. But when I heard that news, I was like, wait, no, no. Like, I, maybe I'm the only one, but I was like, this is kind of crazy. No, I, I no, think no. it coincided with like A24 looking to expand and search for big was, IP yeah. projects. That's kind of like I put these two news items together because of that. The reason I was okay with this is because I think they would have been the only studio that had the balls to go away from Myers and actually do a sequel to Season of the Witch. Oh, and that's, that's kind of that's literally the only reason I wanted A24 to have it because I'm like I think they would actually give like bring back Tom Atkins, bring back that sexy old man, and just bring that stash to the big screen. Let's see what's going on with Connell Cochran, even though he's dead. Just bring back another version of him. I I, I would have just been like all in for like some psychological deconstruction of Silver Shamrock mask. But Jack, what are your thoughts on Miramax? And Rory kind of hinted how I feel about Miramax as a whole with horror. So I'll let you take over. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of in the same boat. Like the announcement that a 24 was in the, uh, the bidding was not really a shock after they kind of mentioned that they were looking to like getting into more like IP and big budget kind of things. But I was under the impression that they'd be looking towards more something along the lines of like, like the everything everywhere kind of like spectacle rather than like staying in like the horror realm. But I mean, the A24 Halloween is definitely a fun what if, especially in regards to your Tom Atkins dreams. But uh, you said that they've had uh, Halloween before, right? Miramax? Yes. What, what, what were the movies that they did? Give me one second. Oh, yeah. I am looking. They, they, well, they do. They are. They're on the last ones. They're 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 Blumhouse oh, they're had true. it, so, but so they they, just ha- they still have it. Okay, okay. Six through six through six uh, through uh, resurrection, right? Yes. I don't think Miramax worked with Rob Zombie. That, if they I did not. You remember, so that right? and that deals with like the physical media rights to Halloween being a clusterfuck because they can they can't really release a full set because of the rights. So yeah, mm-hmm. Rory and Mark are right. So from six, the six through resurrection was Miramax. The uh, the zombie remakes were someone else. No, no, I think no, I think they were the Miramax. Miramax. Yeah, what there's a really film? interesting uh, podcast I was listening to with Rob Zombie. He was talking about how much of a nightmare it was to work with the Weinstein's. Um, <laughs> breaking news, <laughs> another very popular. But and I think um, it was it Miramax and then slash Weinstein Company because I remember they branched out from there. I don't know, it's I, the same bag of garbage. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think the Weinstein <laughs> Company. It's true. I don't think the Weinstein Company uh, kind of branched out until right after Halloween two, yeah, okay, when they had yeah. their own logo, yes. right? I feel like the mm-hmm. King's Speech twenty ten. So I think that, Halloween two was two thousand nine. So yes. I guess it was all Dimension. Yeah, I forgot. And mm-hmm. I just, so, and I I just found really it. No so ninety five through oh two, the distribution was under the Dimension Films label, and okay. then. 
2018, it's a co-production, but now they're 100% uh, fully theirs. Okay. So really, not a not a lot of difference there. And I, yeah. I, I know the Weinstein suck, don't get me wrong. Of course they do. But I do, I mean, we'll never see it again, but there is, and maybe you guys agree, such a special place in my heart for that Dimension logo at the start mm-hmm. of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, yeah. when you saw that, like, light up, like, the excitement like so you know and your old me was like this is quality oh yes of course I'm, and I, I, I see. I had the same reaction, but it was with Shark Boy and Lava Girl and my <laughs> kids' movies, so yep. still kind of the same. <laughs> and it's funny because I always look back, like Jenny, my wife, and I, like when we watch older movies and the old. I, I can't remember what company it was, but it, I think it's a sub of Disney. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember when that specific logo, was it like I, touch, touchstone? touchstone, yes, mm-hmm. and it's like and the little scratch yeah. up at the end. Yeah, yes. Um, it always brings old nostalgia to me and i'm like i really love oh, movies yeah. when old like logos just bring that vibe out of me mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i'm curious to what happens i don't want to see michael myers for like another 10 years so i don't know how long it's going to be uh i we were actually talking about that before we got off the, on the call the idea of let's get back to friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street like it's been a long time i don't know how i'm going to feel about nightmare on elm street without robert england and that's going to be a me problem not a movie problem <laughs> No, yeah, I agree with you because Nightmare is so special. Robert is so special. But a few years ago, he said he could see Kevin Bacon taking over Freddy. And I think there's something there. I think Kevin Bacon has such an interesting look and like he's yeah. skinny and, you know, and if they could make a sequel to New Nightmare where Robert yes. is still in it as himself, I think that could be an amazing, you know, passing of the torch. So, I think there are things there. You just got to get really creative. But, I mean, that makes sense because Nightmare has been one of the most creative horror franchises ever. You know? And Friday the 13th is simple. I mean, for <laughs> me, go back to go back to basics. I actually would prefer a Mrs. Voorhees. Like, I think A24 has the rights to the TV show anyway. To a TV show. Is that right? So mm-hmm. I can. I would love, like, a hereditary vibe of, like, psychological deconstruction of Mrs. Voorhees just dealing with the death of her son and then finding out that he's still alive type of thing, leading into, mm-hmm. like, other entries and stuff like that. But, you know, a horror, yeah. a horror fan can dream. To the A24 thing. Yeah, go for it. Before we move past it. Um, I was excited about the A24 thing. Um, mainly because I was really excited about the idea of the um, much talked about people. A lot of people were excited about this. The black Philip Michael Myers road trip movie. That's, what <laughs> I That's all I wanted. I don't ask for much. And some no, people want mansions. Some, some people, some people want dialogue in their movie. You don't need that with black Philip and Michael Myers. We don't need any of that. That's man. So true. Just bring I'll back bring the back silent back. film. Um, yeah, last two bits of news. We had a lot of trailers. Not sure if you guys got to see all of them, but we had trailers for The Iron Claw, The Zone of Interest, The Color Purple, Anybody But You, Napoleon. I happened to see all of them, so I'll quick quick run through. I saw Hitman a few months a few weeks ago at New York Film Festival, and Glenn Powell has such great like sex appeal and chemistry with the actress in Anybody But You. I mean, not Anybody You, Hitman. The fact that he has zero chemistry with Sidney Sweeney in this trailer just oh, scares really? the fuck out of me. The movie looks generic as hell. Um, I have faith in Glenn Powell, so I will go to the ends of the earth with him because I really think he's a very talented, charismatic actor. But this trailer didn't really work for me. The Color Purple, I've said to jack off the line, I don't think 
I mean, I'm probably maybe I'll be wrong. I don't think this movie looks good. Oh yeah, I I haven't seen. Is there a new trailer? Is that it, what came, it came out, out this week? week? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it. I kind of stopped watching trailers when they basically gave, it with gave the movie. everything away. So, but I love like Instagram ads that are like only 15 seconds. I'm like, Ooh. right. Um, but the previous color purple trailer, you know, got me got like the chills, the chills. going down my. You know, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for a big visual and a song and Fantasia Barino. But okay, so you're not you're not feeling it. I'm not, but I I'm like I said, I think this is one that I may be the outlier on that I'm probably wrong mm. on. Napoleon, I give me really Scott. I am don't care if it's terrible. I just want to see like a giant Ridley Scott uh sand sandals of swords epic. Uh, Rory, you're gonna say something? <laughs> I like the original color purple. I've never oh, seen ooh, ooh. the Spielberg color yeah. purple. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Beck and I, we, um, we've been going through all of um, Spielberg's movies. So we started mm. with, like, Duel going downward, you know? And, uh, yeah, the color purple, it was a very good movie. Like, I, I liked it a lot. It's coming out on 4K before the new one, so I'll definitely take yeah. a look at it. I mean, it's not, like, top-tier Spielberg or anything like that, but it's I, I thought it was really good. Um, and then last two trailers is Zone of Interest, which I did see the movie, and that movie is incredible, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. The, the trailer gives off the exact vibes of what the movie is. It's a very quiet piece, very much a look at a German family, and that's all you're going to get. You're not going to get anything on the concentration camps. You're not going to get any of that stuff. It's all going to be meditative. You're going to be angry by the end of the movie i will not say one other word it is one of the most effective movies of the year and it's jonathan glazer so i'm not too shocked and in the iron claw coming out on christmas is one of the most hilarious things ever because i know that story i'm a big wrestling fan that movie is going to be one of the most depressing movies of the year and it comes out december 22nd so Sh- it has like the it has like the whale time slot because the yeah, whale came out dude. on christmas last yeah. last year that, <laughs> i i've gotten a few messages from be- people like friends of mine like non-film people they're like oh that zach efron movie looks really fun and i'm like that's not the word I, that's not the word i would put for that movie it is a downer uh, jenny like she knows because i watch wrestling she knows that story and she's like why are they releasing this on christmas this is like <sighs> so depressing um, and who's directing it i forget oh my god um hold on he's he, he he directed marcy may uh oh yeah sean durkin, sean durkin yeah. right i loved martha okay interesting the, the interesting the movie looks good the trailer does an excellent job of hiding the darkness that's coming for anyone that's watching it but uh wow jack did you see any of these trailers i saw the napoleon trailer at um killers of the flower moon uh and yeah, pretty much the same same take. Ridley Scott, Sword and Sandals. If we can get near the level of Gladiator, we take those. <laughs> Agree. Roy, did you get a chance to see any of these? Yeah, I saw the Napoleon trailer and I'm like, I'll check it out. Yeah, same. Um Yeah, I saw yeah, I saw those trailers. Um Yeah, Napoleon like like I said, I Joaquin Phoenix doesn't even have an accent in this movie. I don't care. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Give me what get just let him like Go kill people and get killed at the end, and you know it's it's gonna be a fun movie. To the uh, Ridley Scott rules, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, <laughs> this is this is coming from someone that loves Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator, and Ooh. I'm a I'm Another actually one did um Last Duel. I love the Last Duel. I actually even like House of Gucci because it's hilarious. In a very That's, unintentional it way, had like um, it, it kind of had that uh, like Rashomon kind of thing to it. Mm-hmm. There was Rashomon, the Kurosawa movie. I've heard of it, but I've uh, 
I haven't seen it though, but I've heard of it. Yeah, you should watch. It's very like structurally speaking. Which one was the last duel? Was that his with, one of uh, the more recent? Yes, yeah, so it's with uh, Ben Affleck, Matt and Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and Jody Killing Eve. Jody yes, Comer, Jody. who okay. she was in. She was incredible in that movie. Wow. Uh, okay. Cool. And then speaking of uh, House of Gucci, we have. Michael Mann's Ferrari that's coming out soon, starring Adam Driver. But I did see that trailer as well. But I didn't want to mention the trailer. I did just want to mention and bring this out into the world that Michael Mann has said that his, what his next planned movie is going to be. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, we're not going to do Al Pacino. Maybe we will. I probably. <laughs> I, I a great Al Pacino. You've done it on my show. Oh my God. I. The fact that he said he too is his next movie and it's a prequel sequel and Adam Driver's is in the running to play Neil. Give me Oscar Isaac as Vincent. Give me Al Pacino back. I I think it may be the greatest movie ever made, guys. Wow. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, I love Heat. I don't know, Mark, if you knew this. I'm like obsessed oh, with oh, Heat. I, we, we have talked about Heat. Just and like... I love Heat as well. And I think next year it's 30th. I, I, we got to do like some oh, sort of right. crossover episode. I will talk about, about Michael Mann's Heat for fucking 365 <laughs> days if I can. I Yes? Is next year? No, it's 90. I think it's January of 95. 90, January 95. 95. Okay. Okay. Um, to celebrate, you guys should do like a like a podcast where sh- like actually rob a bank. <laughs> yes, we'll do the podcast while robbing the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah wear wear like our logos on our shirts and like have like disguises or something. And then, yeah, Jack, we like, can do it. Can we do it in Kentucky? Do you have any banks in Kentucky? Oh uh, yeah, we do. I can't. I don't know how successful it would be. Uh, It'll be like hell or high water. Oh, you know, this is going to turn into evidence someday. <laughs> like I have an, I have a plan for our, our heat to our heat podcast to just do like a segment on all Al Pacino line for the movie. Ooh. Just have you read, just have you read every line of his dialogue in the movie. There's yeah. so many great ones. My, the, the, um, the new favorite is one of the subtle ones, um, where he comes in and he's like, Justine. I'm sorry that the goddamn chicken got cold. And it's so subtle, but it's not like subtle at all because it's Al Pacino. Oh, sorry. Right? He's so good. Oh yeah, God. yeah. It's it's just another Sunday. Just another Sunday. <laughs> um and I I think Pacino still has the energy to go all out. Like oh, Vincent yeah. didn't like he did in ninety five, but yeah, crossing fingers. But yeah, that's all the news of the week. Let's get into some of the stuff we watch this week. Jack, go first. What do you got for the week? Oh boy! So yeah, it's it's been a bit since the last episode, so I definitely have some things. Uh, continuing with the Halloween watches, I watched Tentacles for the first time. Hmm. What is that, you may ask? It is of course another Jaws ripoff, uh, this time with an octopus. Gotta say, the movie actually looks pretty solid. Like the resort and all that looks like really pretty, but just like the rest of them. They just try too much to be like Jaws instead of their own thing, like Piranha, for example, oh, which I Piranha. think is like the the one like kind of shining light in this like hellhole. Um, but it was entertaining to say the least. Um, talked about it earlier. Uh, I rewatched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, hardly gets much better than that when it comes to horror movies. Uh Crazy first time watch for me, Dave. I watched The Fly for the first time. 
The original or the eighties? Cro Cronenberg's. Cronenberg's. Oh, the first and time! Oh my gosh! Tell me how much you loved it. It's five stars. I don't want to hear anything else from you, Jack. Four and a half, because you know okay. the first right. watch five. Okay. The first watch five star is a tough order for me because I like to let things digest a bit. But I mean, yeah, like I knew going in, it's like it's the twin peak to the thing in terms of like 80s, like body. Nice. Horror. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be like as emotional as it really was, because like that whole last sequence is actually like really powerful. And it is probably the best Goldblum performance I've seen so far. Um, I think so. Jack, so let me ask you now that you've seen the two big practical body horror uh, movies of the 80s. What do you prefer? In terms of not Ooh, the movie, well, not the movie, okay. like the actual makeup and body horror. Uh, if we're talking about the body horror, it's the thing, because that one I think is actually horror. Like mm -hmm. the fly, it kind of turns into more of just like a feeling bad form eventually. And like mm -hmm. it starts to just get like really like sorrowful, honestly, by the mm -hmm. end of it. Um I rewatched The Nightmare Before Christmas, which, Ooh. in my opinion, should just be called Danny Elfman's The Nightmare Before Christmas instead of Tim Burton's, because Danny Elfman, I, I don't know how, we're going to talk about it next week when we talk about Halloween, but, like, the amount of weight that this movie, that this music does for the movie, mm -hmm. I, it's just so, it, it does so much for me. On top of Elfman also being the singing voice for Jack, it just... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Haven't watched this a lot um, recently. This was like one of my all-time like childhood rewatchables. So coming back to this and like still knowing all the words was really nice. Um, uh, so good. I'm talking about that on my show in the next episode. So I'll have to get Jack. You'll have to like send me like a little voice recording that I'll put in the episode or something uh, all about how much you love it. Oh, I'll, like, so I, yeah, I could I could definitely do that. So Christmas uh, Christmas movie or Halloween movie? You know. Mm. I, I'm happy that people can ha like have the choice of where they watch it at. That said, it's primarily set in Halloween Town, so it's kind of more on the Halloween end for me. And okay. the rest of the movie is just like so kind of like gothic and like Tim Burton esque that I, I always just associate it with the with the Halloween season. But I can see why people would like it at Christmas too. But outside of Halloween stuff, I. Saw you watch this too, Dave. I checked out Once Upon a Studio, oh. the, uh, the 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 Disney 100th anniversary little short oh. that they did. Really cute idea, I gotta say. It was really nice. Uh, can we can we lock that Oscar in for them, please? That movie made is it is, is, is it an animated sh animated short? Yeah. Okay. I so, hope, so it's I really hope, good. I, it I cried like a lot. Wow. Like it, it's. It's not like an animated short in your typical like it's not. narrative sense or whatever, but in terms, right. it's like as probably like the like Warner Brothers did their like hundredth anniversary like kind of documentary. This was like a really simple, just like here we go, look at everything we've made. It was so really Mark, and it's is a set with Robin Williams' yeah. voice from like thirty years ago, Aladdin. Okay, so it's essentially you know. like they're just taking their team photo, photo, their yearbook yeah. photo. But in that eight minutes, you see literally every single Disney animated character ever, well, and it's for the majority. It, the majority. Say, they had they had one omission that I was like they did was, they did not include Song they? of the South. They did not include Song uh, of the no, South. Roger, Roger Rabbit. It's oh. the one that I couldn't find. I wonder that if it's was a like right thing. That I was like, huh? Like I, wonder... I was, ex I would have expected to see him kind of front and center, but I mean, one out of like everything else, I was like, I didn't really care. But I mean, yeah. they, had some, they had some other really deep cuts in there, so I'm, I'm still happy. Um, and then the two last big ones. 
Um, I had a massive rewatch of a movie that I've been a fan of for a decade now, which is insane to me, but only now has it officially entered my top 20. And that is the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. It can't, it, I first saw this on DVD on a crappy CRT and 10 years later, I'm watching it in beautiful 4k on a awesome LCD screen. And man, growing up essentially just like with this movie and having it change is like pretty much why I rewatch movies and why I think like the best ones are ones that you can go back to after like a decade and get something completely new out of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the most, like well-realized movies I've ever seen. It essentially is like the summary of Quentin Tarantino's filmography and style. Uh, And just looking back on like how impactful it is, not only with me, but like everybody else is awesome. And then it was nice to have that for a frame of reference for a new epic that just hit theaters this past weekend, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Oh boy. (laughs) Uh oh. Six. No spoilers. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I was came into this knowing I was like there will probably be one person who couldn't see it, so I will be very easy with the spoilers. I fucking loved it. Oh. Uh, Scorsese. I mean, it. It's hard for him to do something that I like. Do not have interest in, and even if there's something that I don't like, I can still pin like pick out some like things that I really liked about it, but. I really just had no issues with it. The, I only felt the runtime and the fact that it's like three hours is three hours regardless. Um, that said, like stuff was still happening the whole time through and I was very thoroughly engaged. I think the three lead actors, DiCaprio, De Niro and Gladstone, should they all? I, I, it's not going to happen, but if they all won Oscars, I probably would not be too upset about it. I think they all give incredible work and... Yeah, I'm I'm just happy that I get to see Scorsese still making movies in theaters this good after so many years because mm-hmm. it's hard for somebody to do it after 10. So for somebody to be doing it after 50 years, I mean, props to you. It's been tough uh, being on social media this week with yeah. seeing people that just don't appreciate greatness. And you may not, you don't have to like the movie, you don't have to love the movie, but don't disrespect Scorsese the way people are disrespecting him this week. It's very much like it shows, it shows the lack of knowledge that some people that try to do this and critique film actually have when it where they show little respect to one of, to my in my opinion, the greatest living director, right now. One hundred percent. It's and like I really don't care if I'm if anyone listens and they feel like they're being called out. You probably are because you're an idiot. (laughs) Like, it's okay to be wrong. Yeah, it's got to let people know. <laughs> like, Scor- it's okay. Like, Scorsese, We're all wrong at some point. Like, outside of Hitchcock, no one hits me more than Scorsese. He's my second favorite director of all time. And, like, Jack nailed it. I'm glad that we live in a time that we're still getting masterpieces from this guy. Like, you, you know what's interesting about him, too, is that historically speaking, um, a lot of directors, when they get to that later part of their career, the work starts to wane a little mm-hmm. bit. The- um his movies i i don't i can't think of like say like one that was made in the last like 10 12 years that i was like what a pile of trash you know what i mean it, like all his movies are still sharp they're still beautifully filmed and he, he just has a way of telling a story that not a lot of other filmmakers can or are capable of you know you just like you could just see how much he loves cinema and like all of his movies and, and you'd also 
And you'd also think that after like 50 years or so, like you might kind of become like set in your ways or whatever. But I, I mean, I still think he's continuing to like switch things up and try new things. So yeah, like I, to go from like the Wolf of Wall Street and then mm-hmm. like years later did like Silence. Yeah, like, so yeah. dramatically different. And and Silence is like the movie that I don't think I hear people talk enough about, but it's so powerful. Like, I mean, you need like a certain set of eyes for the film to understand it, to understand the emotion behind it. But it's such like a departure from what he normally does. You know, I just think, yeah, I just think he's, uh, he's still crushing it. Irishman, I think is, I loved that. I would, I know people were talking about how, they didn't like how long it was, and I was like, I wish it was longer. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Rory, like, I, listen, I, I'm not, even though you guys are going to say I'm not that old, it's totally cool. The Irishman just made me feel, and like, it made me feel mortality like no other movie has ever made me feel. That like, last shot, man. That last like, shot like- is, like, we were talking about, Jack and I were talking about the ending of Killers, and I won't say what it is, but, like, in terms of final Scorsese moments and shots, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, I texted Jack right back. I'm like, no, it's The Irishman. Like, The Irishman just, everything from the moment he has that conversation with the cops, and he still won't rat anybody out, and he's like, and the cops are like, everyone's dead you're the only one left all the way down to that final shot with the door open like he's still oh my god i'm like it gets me so emotional just thinking about it right now like yeah. it, it's it's like where does, where does that life lead you mm-hmm. and it just i i saw i remember watching that for the first time and it was just like it's like a punch in the gut you know it's yeah. just it's a, such a powerful movie. It's my third again, favorite. Scorsese being like, "Oh God, I had to watch it in segments." I'm like, "What are you nuts?" Like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I never finished it. Oh my God, I'm I'm the odd man out here. Yeah, I could not get into it personally, but I love that you guys love it. That's great. Um, that's no, cool. yeah, like, that's what I was saying. Like, it, not everybody has to think the same way about agreed. film. Agreed. Hundred percent agree. Artist objective, but. Ugh. I don't know. Like I've only ever like in the last like tw- go watch the Irishman guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you later. See you in seven hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> see you next week. Um, I will. It is funny when I when I did my press screening of Killers, Martin Scorsese was there and he had a Q and A after mm-hmm. with Thelma. And um, did you meet him? I was close because my friend from Variety was the did the Q and A. Unfortunately, he had to get go, come to London, so he couldn't stay after. So I was, I was like, was like this close, but he, like I was like, I was so close to touching him and be like, "You're a god!" Like you know, you're a god, right? Um, you would have went to jail for it, but you should have. I don't care. I don't care. It's Scorsese. <laughs> no, it's funny because I'm thinking about what you guys just said. I haven't utterly disliked the Scorsese movie since Gangs of New York. That's about it. Mm. Like I, he and I don't. It just says so much about him, but yeah, uh, let's move. Let's move on. Uh, Rory, do you have anything you want to highlight? Like films that I've watched? Yeah. Um, well, after I saw The Exorcist Believer, I needed to cleanse my palate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched The Exorcist 3, and I'm like, oh, right, that's what a movie looks there like. There you go. <laughs> um, well, I really like The Exorcist 3, but yeah, I've been trying to, you know, like a lot of people, trying to, you know, keep things that are like, horror based or kind of in the spirit of you know the month um so i rewatched donnie darko i rewatched that every year one of the best Um, and uh i watched what was a lot oh nightmare three because we're doing an episode of my Mm, love that great 
And then uh, I'll keep it short. Um, I did watch one movie that's not Halloween or October themed, but um, it was a John Cassavetes movie that if you guys have not seen this movie, I recommend it. Uh, it's called A Woman Under the Influence. Um, if you want to watch a film that just guts you, uh, that's the one. Because I was not expecting it to. I was in like sociopath mode where I was watching the movie and I'm like, nothing affects me. Nothing's getting to me. <laughs> and the movie kind of picks up and I'm like, <laughs> no one's around. No one can see me in my shame. Um, it's a beautiful movie. I would recommend it. Awesome. Why I watched it in October, I'm not sure. But, um, you know. Alcoholism can really, <laughs> and that's with uh, Jenna Rollins. Am I Just, right? What Jenna Rollins? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. What, yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to see. Oh, that. You, so you've seen it? No, I've I've seen clips years ago in like college, but I've never seen the full film. But I know it's one it's, of the best out there. Yeah, dude, it's like it just feels so real. You know, what I mean, like mm -hmm. you just feel like you're watching these people who just don't know how to connect with each other. I, I don't know. Like they love each other, but they don't know how to like talk to each other. They don't know how to connect. And they're just like that mental issues going on with her. And then they're like the, the wife and then like the, the husband, it's like, it's in him too, but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't want to say too much about it. I just think you should give it a watch. It's really powerful. Awesome. Mark, do you have anything you want to highlight? Yeah, I'll highlight some things real quick. So um, I'll start with the non-Halloween-y movie. Um, last night I saw the Taylor Swift concert. How was that? Because, because I was like, well, why would I not? I'm not a, I'm not a major Swifty. Of course, I think we all like a few songs. There are some songs that are undeniable. I don't know many lyrics. So I went as a casual fan. I wanted to see what all the hype was. I know it's made so much money. And also, I figured, let me be immersed in beautiful cinematography, pay a fraction of the cost of a real ticket it was great oh my gosh this the editing i mean talk about award-worthy editing my god i mean to edit music is really hard so yeah i mean it's very long much like how we were talking about killers of the flower moon i mean you know three hours of taylor is a lot for me i think some people were like give me more i was like i'm good but uh <laughs> you know i i'm glad i went i wanted to experience what seemingly everyone experienced this year so i did it for 20 bucks instead of 2000 and uh yeah so that, that was pretty fun to see in the theater last night um but yeah it's very long it was a late night and then um some older stuff that i'm finally watching um the exorcist tv show i so good so yeah good. really good i just started it so we're a few episodes in gina davis going back to the fly um really great because i have heard all the bad reviews about the new one so i'm like well let's watch like one that's supposed to be good so uh yeah really great show surprisingly scary and thrilling for fox from like what six or so years ago seven years ago mm -hmm. um so there's that and then another older film from a couple years ago that i highly recommend i missed this one i don't think i took the poster seriously it is so damn scary guys it's called haunt Have you oh haunt. haunt i like haunt yeah i oh, like oh my gosh where they're going through the haunted house Th yep. and there are killers and whoa whoa that freaked me out uh, you know i won't say anything but there's a reveal and then you're like oh shit you know so oh I, I, can i curse on your show I yeah yeah absolutely go okay. for it yeah so uh that's on hulu and prime so yeah if you want to see a really intense fun dark twisted horror movie go for haunt so that's probably the big stuff lately that i've watched yeah. awesome yeah uh haunt is great 
Not a lot of people yeah. I know have seen it, so I'm glad that more eyes are getting yeah. on there. Uh, yeah, I think it's finally making making its uh, mark because I guess when it came out, it just you know wasn't much of a thing. But, no, yeah. not at all. All right, so I'll be quick. I usually have a lot, but I definitely will be quick. So I saw David Fincher's The Killer. Um, I think it's very good. It is more straightforward Fincher. You're not really it's not thematically rich where you're going to leave the movie talking about, I wonder what this meant. It is straightforward, uh, beginning, middle and end. There's no twist, nothing along, along those lines. Um, it was very funny walking from the theater and you have these pretentious film bros. They're like, Oh, I just didn't like this movie because I just don't, he wasn't trying to challenge my mind. I'm like, oh, fuck off, dude. <laughs> just fuck <laughs> off. Uh, it, it's, it's more, in, it's more in the line of like the game, David Fincher and more mm. like straightforward seven Fincher. Well, I mean, Andrew oh, Kevin yeah. Walker. So, Man. I do like Mink. I do like Mink. Me too. But, I love Mink. But it's not. It's that. It's not that. It's not that at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see what else. All right. So now it gets to spooky season. I saw Totally Killer, which I absolutely loved. Uh, it looks fun. I want to Super check it out. fun. Very fun. I saw some Argento. I saw Deep Red, uh, Phenomena, and Suspiria. Chef's Kiss, Goblin all the way. Uh, shout out to Jack because I know how much he loves Goblin. Uh, yeah, the deep red music started playing in my head in my head the second you said Argento. <laughs> um, I saw I got you guys will appreciate this man because I will bring him up later. I saw a Joe Spinell led horror movie called The Last Horror Film, a trauma film. Uh, it's essentially a movie about a cinephile who is obsessed with making his own horror movie and decides to travel to Cannes and stalk. <laughs> an actress in Cannes. It is, it is exactly what you would get from a trauma film. I'll just say that. Okay. It's really fun stuff. Uh, let me see. Uh, I saw uh, Mark and I joked about it on message. I saw Halloween, the Jamie Lloyd trilogy. So I did see Halloween four, Halloween five, Halloween six. Wow. Uh, the producers cut. I'm not watching the theatrical, theatrical cut. Oh, uh, never, wait, have you never seen the theatrical? I hate it. I hate it. The producer's cut. I love the producer's cut. Like, genuinely I, so, think it's really good. I, I rewatched, of course, four and five. I didn't get to six, but I still need to see the producer's cut finally. So I should watch it this year. It's yeah. it's a good okay. one. Um, Halloween H two O. I also got a chance to rewatch. Uh, as I like to call it, poor man scream because it's essentially <laughs> trying to be scream instead of its own thing. Uh, I saw Halloween. You compared though that scream was trying to be Halloween when it Touché. first came out. I know Touché. it's not funny. Yeah, they definitely like copy each other it's funny uh yeah. halloween Loving. three um i'm not gonna yeah you guys know it's, it's, no apologies no no it's 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 the second best in the franchise what's it what where are we at with the star rating on that one are it's still four, four and, and a half? half it's still four okay. and a half yeah I, I i gotta be modest to myself it's not a it's not a five-star movie obviously uh <laughs> but it's it's still it's a five-star in my heart tom atkins is worth five stars like alone the worst doctor ever i just want to point that out yeah, <laughs> like man drinks on the job, no fucks given. Yes, he, he sexually harass all the nurses. I noticed that right. this time around. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. It's Halloween three. It's Tom Atkins, great score. Um, I saw. I can't talk about it, but I saw it's a wonderful knife. It's coming to Shutter Ooh. in December. Uh, Fun. Yes, Title. it is a spoof on It's a Wonderful Life, and I know Jack and I love that movie. So. Um, let me see. And then the last three. Yep. Okay. No, last. Yes. I saw The Grudge for the first time, the, the Sarah Michelle Gellar movie. Wait, you never saw that? Like no. 20 years ago? No. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. That was a big deal. And it's not that good. It's not. Oh. You nailed it. I don't think it's very really good at all. 
Uh, yeah. I was very for a while. I was like, so is SMG supporting? Like, where the, where the fuck is she? Right. And then the so Mark, I, Mark and Rory. I guess you guys can help me. Why is there a sequel? Like money. Oh my gosh, money. Yeah, because the because I feel like I'm sure the Ring made more money, which is a better movie. But the Grudge was like somehow. I just remember it being even a bigger deal than the Ring. So yeah, I think money. And I saw the sequel in the theater. And I don't really remember what even happened. So yeah. I ended yeah. the first one. And I'm like, so where do we get to this? Like, I mean, and this is coming. We're going to talk about Halloween four and the way Halloween two ends. But uh, yeah, I I didn't really like. The there Grudge. is a fun. The only thing I remember from The Grudge two, without spoiling anything, is there's a fun hospital sequence that kind of makes you think of Halloween two. Okay, know? cool. Yeah. Um, if it's streaming, I I'll watch it. I like the reboot, actually. Did you guys see that one a few years uh, ago? The newer I Grudge? Did not. I almost. No, I did. I didn't like it. Um, I love Lin Shay. I. That's yeah. my thing. What happens to Lin Shay? I was not all about that. Because uh, okay. I thought she was going to be like, all right, she got her her break in Insidious and horror as like a lead. I thought that's where we were going. We didn't, you know, we didn't get there. And yep. yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I was butthurt about it. Uh, and then the last two, I know Jack's been waiting for this. I saw two Frank Henelotter classics. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw the sequel to Basket Case and Basket... So I saw Basket Case 2 and Basket Case 3. And have... I, I'll start with Rory. Have you ever seen those? Have you ever seen the first one? Oh, gosh. You know, this would have been... I mean, I would have been like, uh, like I don't know, like 12 or 13 at the time. So that was a good, like, 60-some years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, you look great for your age, I got to say. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Man. And then, Mar- Mark, have yeah. you ever have you even heard of Basket? Basket oh, oh, I've heard. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen the original. If I have, uh, it didn't really stick in my mind, and I definitely have not seen the So, sequels. all right, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to get uh, Jack to watch these two, so just hear my pitch. So in part two, part two, part one ends, and you think they both die because they fall off like, so they do not die, Jack. They do not of course, die. They don't. They are actually brought to a hospital where they are both alive. A woman, an elderly woman, comes in and takes them both and brings them to a home where there are more like. Oh them. my god! <laughs> and as we get there, we find out that there is not just more like them. There is a woman version of. Who do you think, Jack? Baylaw. There is or a whatever. Wo- there is course. a woman version of Baylaw. Um uh, and <sighs> the movie ends with a five minute sex scene <laughs> between okay. oh. the two puppets. Wait, okay. I, I forgot something. I forgot something else. I watched this last week. I rewatched the Men in Black trilogy. Send them in to get Baylaw out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, there is a sex scene. Uh, Mark, remember when you said you don't remember if you saw it, the movie or mm-hmm. not? Um, the puppet sex scene, you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't. That's so you probably yeah. Wouldn't. I yeah. I guess I have. I guess I never finished it. Okay, yeah. good to know. So Dwayne. <laughs> so essentially, mind. So essentially, Dwayne falls in love. Dwayne is the hu- the brother, the the yeah. the more I guess the human version or whatever. So he falls in love, and he ha- and something happens in the end where he's put in a jumpsuit. And I won't spoil that if you decide to watch it. But yes, Jack, the movie ends with a five-minute sex scene between Baylaw and the female, like, basket case. 
then we get to part three, where we find out that the woman basket case is pregnant. Word. And has 12 babies. Of course. So the third one is not much of a horror movie, but more of a family drama of how Baylaw is dealing oh, with fatherhood. Geez. The movie eventually turns into a slasher movie towards the end. Okay. But um, the, you think the, they just forgot. They're like, oh, yeah, this is so a like, yeah, this is a horror movie. <laughs> so the third one basically like has to do with him dealing with fatherhood because he was supposed to only have one child and she ends up having 12. But then the 12 kids get kidnapped. Which leads him to go on that bus, as you, I send you the picture, and along on their journey goes, Jack, have I interested you at all? I did, because the end of the movie has a final boss battle similar to Aliens. Yeah, that that part was what really set me. You sent me, and I was like, this actually just looks like the cargo loaders from Aliens, and you were like, it is. And I'm like, alright, I guess I have to watch Basket Case 3 now. In fact, I, I, th- I have to watch two as well. I think like, this, I think that the fact that this man got money to make these movies should be like that's yeah okay like did he have like have like some outstanding like loans or something like still coming in terms like who gave him the money? Um, and they do apparently they do really well. Uh, I believe the th- trilogy is available on Arrow Arrow Video, and apparently sales for the trilogy actually do very very well so i will probably be oh, only them soon uh, people love those movies like like the like a lot of horror fans mm-hmm. up a lot um i i have a friend um uh two friends actually uh bob keller and jess Mione. they do um like i think it's like twice a year they do like a horror fest in our area um, okay. they they play like you know specific horror movies that are drive-in and i know the one year they did basket case i think they might have done the three of them but they actually had like actors from the movie oh fun <laughs> that's awesome but, uh, yeah they're they're like real into those movies so i should probably rewatch them Dude, some so the the actress's name her name is annie ross she was in superman 3 and she is plays granny ruth who is the old lady who takes Dwayne and bayla in so to break that lady. Yeah, it is. Uh, she, uh, she, I'll say this before we finish off. She understands the assignment. I 100% understands it. All right. So let's get into why we're here. Uh, a horror sequel that probably falls in line with a le- the le- first horror legacy sequel, which is Ooh. Halloween Four: the return of Michael Myers celebrating 35 years. Um, Usually we kick off with our first viewing of the movie. So um, I'll kick it off with kind of Rory kind of started talking about it before. So it was the first horror VHS I ever purchased. Um, I was it was my freshman year of high school and there was a Pathmark behind the school. And at that time, Pathmark actually had a video store within the Pathmark and they would sell off every when you have. When, especially around that time, they would start selling out because they had so many copies of the same movie. So I bought a copy of Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers for five dollars. I saved up my lunch money for a week. My mom would give me like a dollar or two. I would take a dollar, buy some cheap stuff, save a dollar. By Friday, I bought the movie, and yeah, it. I has a very very soft spot in my soft spot in my heart. It's one of my favorite in the franchise, just for like first one i bought with my own money too and the movie it knows what it is um there's a lot that we're going to discuss in terms of the mask continuity wise donald pleasant's face 
but you know, there's I had a great time with it and I Daniel Harris is phenomenal in this movie. Even as like a fourteen year old, I was like, Wow, that's a really good child actor performance. She is phenomenal in it. And I uh what they do with her later on is for another time, but uh, for this specific specific movie, I think it's phenomenal, and it has probably top tier horror ending, in my opinion, that I've seen. I wish they would have done more with that, but yeah, the, uh, Rory, go for it since you started with your your VHS pickup before. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I went to a, a a gas station with my mom. I was like a real little kid. And um, I think this video store that was in our area um, went out of business. So I think the gas station got all of their inventory and they were just selling (laughs) it. Kind of like a gas station in a video store. (laughs) And I remember it was there. And um, I I believe I had seen it prior. And I remember it scaring me as a (laughs) seven-year-old. I remember being like, oh, my God. Um, So I bought it. And I was so excited because I'd never actually had like a movie that was mine. So I carried it with me everywhere. I'm not even kidding. I brought it to school. Why? I don't know. But fun fact, one of my best friends I've had since I was a, that age I met because of that movie. We actually connected through the film because he's like, oh, you like Halloween movies? I'm like, I do way too much, sir. And um, I remember we just like hung out and watched it. But um, yeah, that, that that started a very... Um, unhealthy obsession with buying physical media that's still going strong today. Same, same. Deck of movies this week, and it all started with that one. So, um, I think Halloween Four, um, in, to this day, I think it's uh, sometimes the way when people talk down on it. I think it's just because there's a four at the end of the title. I think it's actually very strong for a uh, little slasher film at the tail end of the eighties. For the sure, slasher seer like a. Uh, Hype was kind of dying down a little bit. Mark, what about you? Guys? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let me think. I don't really remember the first time I saw this. Most likely in the mall where where in my town, in, at Morristown Mall, Morristown, New Jersey, right near Philly. Nice. Um, we had a beautiful Suncoast video store. <laughs> ah, yes. I loved, I loved going in there. I mean, but it's funny. The movies were always so expensive. expensive. Suncoast was so... not cheap. But being in there was like it was dark, but it was but there were a lot of neon lights like that's where I discovered like Argento like it was called Creepers, but uh, Phenomena or whatever it's called with Jennifer Connelly. Yes. You know, like I would buy like a Clockwork Orange. I would stare at that. So I'm pretty sure. I mean, I definitely remember staring at Halloween six on VHS and like kind of being freaked out by that cover. So I most likely either bought Halloween four there. Or maybe somehow rented it or saw it on TV, but I saw it young. Um, I must have been probably around ten or so, and I thought it was great. I think it's a great ride, and all these years later, I still think it's really great. So yeah. we'll get into it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably has something to do with Suncoast Video at the Morristown Mall. Hundred hundred percent agree on Suncoast, I, and, yeah. and it's funny with all the prices that those movies cost what i would love to just be able to walk back into a sunco's video right now especially with the best buy news this week they can fuck off uh but yeah jack you're the outlier here just break our hearts now oh yes (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong you're not far off i first i first saw this this past week (laughs) uh my whole thing for a while was you know 
cross the boxes of all the big franchises, you know, to see the Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw, see all the big ones. And I never really gone into the franchises. So I would say in terms of number seen, this is the most I've seen in like a horror franchise yet. So, and the one I've like dove in the most into. Hmm. It did enough. Uh, I know reading, uh, <laughs> re- reading into reading into the thing. I know that the producers kind of wanted to go back to the basics after what they believed at the time to be an underwhelming um Halloween three, which I have continually grown to have more appreciation for. So they really did go back to the basics for a lot of this, but I do think there's a lot um, that I still enjoy. Uh, Dave's already mentioned Daniel Harris's performance was what mostly stuck out to me. It's always nice to see Donald Pleasance in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it's one of, I think it might've been you Rory who mentioned it earlier, but, I think the atmosphere here is really it does really good as well, specifically with the opening and um, oh how, how 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 oh yes as yes well, uh, yeah. which which we'll talk more about that later. Uh, so yeah, maybe it's just because I I don't know the post hindsight of all the Halloween movies, some plot elements maybe didn't hit as much as they would have without having the other movies kind of somewhat knowledgeable in regards to certain characters living and others dying. Uh, <laughs> But no, I still had a lot of fun with this one, and it definitely could have been much, much worse, especially with what I hear comes later down the line. Uh, yes. Yep. And, then... and before we, we, we go ahead, um, so we get a lot of love for Daniel Harris and Donald Pleasance, um, but Ellie, not nearly enough Purnell. for Sunday the Dog. No, Sunday the Dog. Oh, so, yeah, Sunday the Dog, <laughs> yeah. Let's just give a moment to appreciate Sunday the Dog's That's... performance. Um, so to get into the production of the movie, Jack kind of te- teed me off here. So after Halloween three, financially a failure, critically a failure, Mustafa Akkad said, we need to bring that white mask back and we need to bring Michael Myers back. Um, there was a um, an interview with Fangoria magazine where Akkad stated that everyone came out of Halloween saying, where's Michael? Actually, Michael Myers is in Halloween three. You just got to pay attention to the television in the background, and right. and and I always think the use of the Halloween score with the scene with Atkins and uh, Connell Cochran is always a uh, always a good one. So Deborah Hill planned to produce the upcoming Halloween four under the pseudonym Jack Martin. No, I'm sorry. He te- she teamed up with Carpenter and Dennis Etchison, who under the pseudonym Jack Martin had written novelization of Halloween two and Halloween three. And then to write a script for Halloween 4, originally Joe Dante was Carpenter's choice to direct the movie, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Akkad rejected the original script, calling it too cerebral, insisting that any new Halloween sequel must feature Myers as flesh and blood killer. Uh, In an interview, Etchison explained that he received a phone call calling informing him of the rejection of his script. Etchison said, I received a call from Deborah Hill and she said, Dennis... I just want you to know that John and I have sold our interest in the title Halloween, and unfortunately your script was not part of the deal. Carpenter and Hill had signed all of the rights to Akkad, which honestly is one of the big reasons I think the franchise... Yeah. No offense, of rest in peace, Akkad, but it's uh, a lot of the problems stem with his obsession with Michael Myers and kind of running the same movie over and over and over and over again. Um, he stated, I just, want to, I just went back to basics of Halloween on Halloween 4 and it was the most successful 
which he's not wrong because it is financially it was success. Uh, Carpenter it was number one two weeks in a row, which yep. is rare for these movies, right? Especially yeah. in that era. Uh, mm-hmm. Carpenter refused to continue his involvement with the series, and then Dwight Little, who I just saw a recent movie of his, which is not with Daniel Harris actually, uh, oh. Nat- Natty Knox. Uh, it's, it's it's not not good at all. Great. Um, Little had previously directed episodes of Freddy's Nightmare. So for that <laughs> that series that I think maybe Mark, myself, and Rory have seen, Jack, there's a Nightmare on Elm Street series. Just to let you let you know. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Once you get through Basket Case, you can jump on in. To... Yeah, that, that seems like the right pipeline. <laughs> so ironically, it's funny that we're covering this movie because there was a writer strike that began on March 7th of '88 and forced uh, the new screenwriter Alan B. McElroy to develop a concept, pitch the story, and send the final draft in under 11 days. So, Rory, we talked about you're currently writing a screenplay. Oh, yeah. How's that that timeline work for you? 11 days is remarkable. That's like John Hughes stuff right there. (laughs) John Hughes could pump out a script over a weekend, but like that 11 days, and it's not like it feels like it was written in 11 days. I mean, granted, it's what you it's what Jack said. It's like bringing it back to the basics. I get that. But there's other stuff in there that was them starting their own thing. And I thought was was wonderful. So I give them all the props in the world for a script written in 11 days. The yeah. concept of the concept of the movie was for Brittany Brittany Lloyd. That's a terrible, <laughs> absolutely awful name. Brittany. Lori Strode's daughter to be chased by her uncle who has escaped Bridgemont after being in coma for 10 years. Uh, Sam Lewis goes out looking for Michael and we get the events to uh, that happened in the movie. Britty is a awful, just a terrible name. Uh, the name was changed to Jamie in homage to obviously Which is great. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. Uh, I know Jack, we spoke about it a few times off the line. You, you butted heads a lot with Lori getting killed off, right? Yeah, nah. Well, it was a, th- it's a, it's a victim of like hindsight, really. Like, if I didn't know, if I hadn't seen like the posters for like the later Halloween movies, I wouldn't expect a thing. But I saw, I learned that, and I'm like, huh. Wonder how this one gets overturned in the future. Hmm. Uh, so it, it wasn't less of an issue of the movie itself, but just kind of a funny like, aha, like interesting because. Because uh, I had to double check. I was like, she was alive at the end of Halloween 2, correct? And yeah, so it was just an off-screen thing. Yeah. It is surprising they did not shoot even just... Um, they didn't even need an actress in a wig. It could have just been like a car accident or something. Agreed. Like, just, sure. you, yeah. like it's weird, We did, especially in the 80s. Like we, we only learned this through photos and a little bit of dialogue, in my opinion... And I like Alan B. McElroy. He later on uh, went on to write Wrong Turn in 2000. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. He's got some good horror cred. But um, yeah, I actually, re-watching it years later yesterday, I was like, yeah, I feel like there needed to be like a real discussion between like maybe Jamie and her foster mom or family. Like, you know, this is what happened to your mom. Like, and, And maybe that's a little too on the nose, but I'm just surprised with Jamie Lee Curtis being such a force in this franchise, at least in one and two, that they didn't want to milk, you know, 
more of a discussion about her. We kind of just like touch on it and then it's like, all right, just it's, keep moving forward. It's it's you know? that and the little kids like Jamie's yeah. an orphan. Oh, like, we're gonna talk about the, the exposition we We're gonna talk oh, about those, those fucking kids. kids. <laughs> mommy, he's a mummy. Oh yeah. my god, those kids are, those are oh, the meanest children. Meanest oh, kids terrible. ever. Listen, like bullying is a real thing, but I don't oh. I don't when I was a kid, I don't remember it being that bad. <laughs> That was rough. That was rough. Serial killers. Seriously. Oh my God. Um, so in the original draft, Ben Meeker was killed uh, during the Shapes attack on the Meeker house, and a fire would have started in the basement and burnt out, burned the entire house, which led to the rooftop scene actually uh-huh. occurring. Um, that was scrapped for budgetary reasons. Uh, in 2006, Little stated that his interpretation of McElroy's, McElroy's screenplay had the Mike, the Michael Myers character played by a literal, uh, played as a literal escape mental patient, not a supernatural figure. Because there is talk of like a supernatural force being part of the Halloween Four, which ironically, kind of we see in Halloween Ends, Rory. Oh my god! Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think to the fire idea, for me, it would have been like, all right, so you're just copying Halloween Two again. Right. So I'm I'm glad they didn't do it. Uh, moving on to one other thing before we get into uh, the score of the movie is something that Jack I know really really wants to talk about because it's his favorite probably thing. And oh, shout out to the the cat on screen. Yeah, uh, I just I just adopted this kitten. So if you hear yelling to get my attention okay. periodically, Aww. I apologize. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. We have it's so cute. I remember when Bruce was like that. Um, so the Michael the Michael Myers mask. Hello. We can we can. I, I'm in another category. You you don't need to guess what category, but we can save it for there if we want. Uh, so, so the, I save what you think about it, but I'll just talk oh, about yes. why it looks the way it does. So yeah. several <laughs> several stories. And why there's have, a blonde Michael Myers in one scene. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so several stories have made the rounds, giving an explanation for quote unquote the California fun in the sun Michael Myers <laughs> <laughs> the ones that rings the most true is simply a mistake Dwight Little actually said that I think the AD was shooting that night and it was one of those that they missed it in post and they never even reshot it my guess is he didn't give a shit what a yeah. weird mistake to make it's a major mistake and I, I had read yeah like it might have been a late night and everyone was just really tired but I'm like but it's a totally different mask different color like just go grab the other one like it's almost like leaving a cup from starbucks out on your game right (laughs) well my i I do have to say i do have to say real quick my latest short film that's premiering next week at uh spooky empire convention Um, best of luck there thank you um oh my god i tried to digitally erase it but there is a water bottle in the middle of a shot that no one including myself caught so i do sort of understand how those things happen but yeah, Starbucks on Game of Thrones with all those eyes. Come on. Yeah, for sure. Hey, congrats on your film. Then, but I didn't. I didn't know you made a movie. That's awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I made about seven horror shorts. Yeah, I'm a horror filmmaker. Yeah. This is um actually the one that I. Oh, is that yours? Ooh, yeah, the burden okay. of beauty. Is that what it's called? Nice. Very nice. Um, but yeah, you would think I don't know the mask, like literally the prop of the movie, like make sure it's consistent seriously so dom post blonde mask (laughs) dom post studios (laughs) this is in a uh january 88 issue of gore zone magazine so it was dom post studios was commissioned to make the 
slew of Michael Myers masks. Um, did they not watch any Halloween movie? Like, at right. all. At That's all. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Um, there's one, yeah, the one in school is, like, blonde but pink face. It, it, it's it's such a weird look. So, the, the, we can explain the pink. So that's how the all the masks came in, and they were spray painted white. Mm. Jack, there was like a Shatner mask, right? Like yes. that was the whole, whole yeah, yes. like the Don yeah. Poe Shatner mask. And so, because of this, the Meyer mask was continually altered throughout the entire production uh, at the behest of the producers, uh, and it's and to the point where they even cut a hole in the eyes to make the whole of the eyes look bigger as well. Um, This led to, we have two guys playing Michael Myers here, Tom Morga, who also played Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 5 in New Beginning, and then George Wilbur, who played Michael Myers here, and also played Michael Myers in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, I like both of them, to be honest with you, but uh, you can tell one of them is more svelte svelte than the other. Uh, yes, I think Wilbur is a little stockier. Yes, am I, am I right? Yes, because I know in six, you know, Michael's a little, you know, thicker. Yeah, he actually wore football pads too. Uh, um, I know, and because then I rewatched five and five. Well, I don't love the mask in five, but Michael in five is very like svelte, very like thin and skinny, and so it is. Oh my gosh! gosh. Of course, shout out to my baby girl harley who just made our her appearance lady on, our, our, oh my our, God, our, our screen cool. our screen scream queen and final girl <laughs> she's so pretty thank you like, she's she's a, a cutie. she just woke up from a nap um but now, yeah what are her thoughts on halloween for she, oh, she loves, loves it yeah. so right <laughs> as, as of now she has seen psycho she's seen the birds she's seen oh friday the 13th part one two three four and five a little wow. bit of jason lives she loves music, so she loves hearing the theme songs to the movies. So oh she, gosh. when we put her on, I usually put her on her bouncer, and she like rocks out to the scores of the movies. She's so. just like doo 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 doo. <laughs> she just had her sorting ceremony this week, and she uh, chose uh, Slytherin. So I'm very happy, oh. very proud, Dad. Uh, but no, let's move on to Maestro's Corner, where this score was composed by Alan Howarth and. Kudos to Alan Howard's choice to not include the Halloween theme until Myers is taken out of the hospital because I think the opening of this movie is phenomenal. It is, outside the first one, my favorite opening of any Halloween movie. I absolutely love it. Um, I do like... like you were saying, Jack... Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Yeah, not only the opening, but the whole movie in four... I don't know, this might be... I do have a soft spot for six a little bit, maybe because that's one of the I watched them out of order when I was a kid. But the whole Halloween vibe, like the lighting, mm-hmm. the decorations is so strong in this movie. I, agree. I think maybe even stronger than one. But I totally I agree. agree. The decision to wait to have the that classic theme uh, just a few minutes later. I love how the movie opens and ends with just like that, like whispery, creepy, like silence, because even the credits, it's not the theme song in the end credits if i remember correctly it's, it's not like it's the opening pronounced. it's the theme from the opening yeah which I is that's smart and i do re- and when it is when the score is brought in i do think it's it works in it's very very now. well mm-hmm. i i agree yeah. uh that opening just it just makes you feel like there's like like this evil presence 100 you know I mean? percent agree like it's, it's just it's so simple and i was talking to 
about this with somebody at a Halloween party last night where it's just it's the simplicity of uh, that you that they throw into horror movies every so often just sticks with you, you know, like having like some like loud jump scare. So like a loud car horn or something doesn't hit you. But stuff like that, it's it's I, I think about it more than I should. And I think you guys nailed it, Jack and and Mark. I think this is Dean Cundy cinematography is phenomenal in the first three Halloween. I'm not going to knock it. It's one of the probably best looking horror movies ever. But this movie feels like fall. Like the first yeah. the first time you hear you see that farm in the background with the score playing, it feels like yes, it's October, it's Halloween, let's cook. And I remember this playing on AMC Fear Fest a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, after I'd seen it and even if I don't have a chance to see the whole movie, just give me the opening and I'm like, all right, I can go out now. Like this is what yeah. I need. Uh, I have such a distinct memory vibe out for you. What did you say? What did you say? It's probably the palm trees in the first movie that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bl- as much as I love anything upgraded to 4K, this is one of my biggest blames of 4K because I never noticed the palm trees since this movie came out on 4K. When oh. when when they make the turn and you see it in the background, now I'm like, ah, fuck, man. <laughs> uh, Jack, thoughts on the score? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much what I was saying earlier about the the atmosphere of it. The music, I think, is kind of just more built to kind of fit the vibe more than the characters like with halloween the original i always think of like the laurie's theme and like michael's theme mm. and kind of just like the different character themes this is kind of less like i don't know like not as much of like a projectile score i suppose where it's not as much like in your face it's kind of just like very calmly hanging in the background but still like doing enough to where it like changes like the feeling of the movie um yeah. And I know Howard's your fucking guy, Dave. My fucking uh, guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I really like the score. And it definitely, pretty much what you've been saying, it really just kind of fits that late fall mood. For sure. All right. So the movie was released on October 21st, 1988. A budget of $5 million, gross $17.8 million. And like Mark said, it was number one at the box office for two straight weeks, which at the time for horror, that is phenomenal. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's still the sixth best performing film in the Halloween series, and with inflation, the fact it still holds a sixth spot shows a lot mm. of its success during the era. Uh, the sequel, which we're not going to talk about today, was released less than a year after this one, which is yeah pretty insane. Um, unfortunately, as we hit to the trophy room, this movie was 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's okay. <laughs> um, the, Which I think has more... You, you got to get, get those numbers up, Dave. Use your accreditation. I did that for Halloween 3. Halloween 3. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, we're getting close, Jack. We're, I think we're, we're in the mid-50s now on Halloween 3. We're, we're, we're close, man. Um, yeah, you're... you're, you're... Your positive, fresh review sits right next to the great Roger, Roger Ebert's Ebert. negative yeah. review. <laughs> how it, all things should be. It's my. It's like what I'm. What I'm gonna. When I die, that's gonna be it. Like me next to Roger Ebert on Halloween <laughs> or season of the witch. <laughs> um, but despite the critical appraisal, of this movie, I still think it's become oh. one of the most beloved sequels in the franchise. And if you go to a horror convention, you're not. Thanks to Fright Rags and all these merchandising of Halloween 4, you're always going to find Halloween 4 t-shirts on someone. I own a few, and I will be buying a new one on Fright Rags. It comes out this week. Mm, uh, fun. Yeah, so what has aged the best? Mr. Renault, have fun. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, the obvious, we got to say, 
You got some great Loomis yelling oh in this movie. God. Not only the uh, no, no, but another personal favorite of mine is earlier. I, I can't remember if it's at the police station, but he's just like, six bodies. That's, That's what, what they've seen. seen. <laughs> um, yeah, Dan- Daniel Harris, uh, full body carrying this movie in terms of performances. I think it's the reason why kind of the last moment is so shocking and mm-hmm. just kind of her emotion throughout kind of really makes you feel for the for the bullied girl uh we'll throw this guy in later dave but bucky's death bucky. I think in, terms, in, in terms of the kill in terms of the kill itself maybe my favorite in the wait uh, which one is bucky bucky the is the electrician we don't even know don't if that's bucky. We know we know nobody said his name. It just says Bucky on his hat. So, okay. so, so I have we, I actually have information about Bucky when we get to him a little. Okay, everything you have about Bucky. <laughs> Bucky is Bucky is this movie's black turtleneck guy. It is. Yeah. Uh, and and then I just had like the fall vibes written beneath that as well. Awesome, Rory. What do you got here? If anything, what's age the best for you here? Well, um, since the Barbie movie came out, the the Ken mask equivalent of the uh, Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) No, he looks good. He looks like he does look like a Ken doll. Um, No, I think the best. What I think aged the best is that 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 ending. That ending is like so strong. Like it just has like such a strong, disturbing punch to it. Just her standing at the top of those stairs covered in blood. I mean, at this point in the fourth movie, they lead you to believe that she killed her stepmother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the five, they're like, she's fine. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's cool. She's on vacation right now. Uh, she doesn't want to be near you. Um, but yeah, I think the ending, the fall vibes, uh, the music, then the performances. Yeah, I think it, like, it, it aged just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I really like Ellie Cornell. I think Ellie Cornell yeah. is really good in it. And Sunday uh, the Dog, of course. Sunday, absolutely. Mark, what do you got here? Oh, gosh, yeah. I think it's aged very well. I mean, I can look at it, you know, as we get older so with such loving eyes because it is so 80s. I mean, the thing, the things that maybe didn't age well is everyone's hair. I mean, like, the hair is <laughs> quite big on some of these people. But, um, no, I think it's aged really well. I have always liked it and and now that I've rewatched it for the first time in years it's been a long time so many great nods and homages to the original film you know and um the ending like you said i mean that twist is dark and i had forgotten you know when michael is shot down i love that shot of Jamie of Danielle yes, that close up love of her looking at him and we're starting to like be like wait what's going on and then she goes to him idiot but we know she's drawn <laughs> to him right and she's touching his hand and it's like oh i had forgotten how like what the hell and then and you know and i have got. to say going back to pleasance um it's so fun to see him because you know obviously halloween has become jamie lee's franchise but for a long time as we know it was really it donald was pleasance's franchise right he was the one when jamie lee wouldn't come back which by the way did you guys hear last year when Halloween Ends came out, how rude Jamie Lee Curtis was to the Danielle Harris. Harris. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard watching these movies with Danielle, like you said, totally carrying them. She is such an excellent little actress. I mean, ac- I teach horror acting classes, and a lot of kids don't get it because it's like, yeah, you need to really use your imagination, and I mean, you need to think of some dark shit happening to you to cry and scream like that. So, I mean, she's an excellent little girl, but um, 
I just also want to shout out Donald Pleasance. I love the gas station Me diner too. scene. So good. <laughs> so good. I love it. I uh, that zoom in on. And also, I appreciate the sequel because, you know, he isn't wearing the mask right away. He's all bandaged up. Uh, Somehow he mm -hmm. can see. Okay, whatever. But like, I like that. It's almost a little Friday the 13th ish that way. We're like, we'll slowly get to the mask, you know, and that zoom in when when uh, Loomis sees Michael. It's creepy. I think it's and he's just there in the kitchen. He has his uniform, but he doesn't yet have the face yet. Right. Um, I think that whole sequence is is great. And I just rewatching it the other day. I remembered being a kid actually being nervous for Loomis because it's like, oh, wait, this is like part four. Loomis could like die in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's actually some good suspense there as he's filling up his car with gas and looking around and. You know, we're like, oh, shit, Michael's somewhere there. You know, I, I really was like, oh, he might die in the middle of the movie because we yeah. had seen that, you know, with other surviving characters. Yeah, I, I agree 1000 percent. I have. Well, I, you know, for me, I have the opening that we already spoke about. But the pr the pre look Myers, uh, yeah. the, I actually would have loved if but with the cod that was not going to happen. I would have loved for him to just be in the jumpsuit and never take off the band-aids. And that would be the version of Myers we get. I would. I agree. I was thinking like, what if, cause, cause, and I know, I, I mean, I'm a big fan, but I, my memory is a little foggy with like, you know, the first one and, and the mask, the mask in the first one, he just grabs a random, just white face mm. mask. Yeah. Right. And so I guess I'm just kind of like, wait, the town hasn't banned that mask. Yes. <laughs> We're going to, yes. Then, I... You know, and don't get me wrong. I love, I, again, I think another thing that has aged really well is I love you know, the first half of the film when Michael's just kind of appearing to Jamie in her room. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I, I remember AMC Fear Fest would always show clips from that scene, like in their commercials, you know, with him popping up in the lightning. But then also that great Halloween store scene where he's in the mirror and all that. Like, that's all really great. And I like how he grabs the mask, much like how he did, you know, in the first one. But I'm just like, wait, <laughs> it's so easy for him to just look the same. I agree with you, Dave. It would have been bold. If what if we just lose the mask and now mm -hmm. he just looks different and it's a real progression in what a returning serial killer would do? Maybe it's a different mask or, yeah, just the bandages. So I, uh, for sure, um, you meant we're looking for, for that mask. He's like, the deleted yeah. scene is him going to different stores and now finding the mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> like five visits to And since he doesn't speak, he's he's just holding up like a newspaper article about him. He's like that. He's like, <laughs> that would be such a fun little funny short, actually. Oh my gosh, we should shoot that. That would be such a funny little like in between the events of two and four. Here's Michael. Like anything? No, you know. I I I did want to also add the use of Vincent's drugstore in movies over the years because this store was also used in one of my favorite sports movies of all time, The Sandlot. Uh, oh, was it really? Yeah. Well, that, that ruins one of my later categories. Sorry. <laughs> um, the law enforcement in Haddonfield, I got to say there's more cops in this yeah. movie. Got, got <laughs> to give them props for learned. that. They learned their lesson. Yeah. Um, Bucky, I just – listen, Bucky yeah. is one of these characters – that like if you know the what happened to that character like on social media not on social the internet back in the early 2000s you just appreciate bucky more uh there's a website that's dedicated to bucky 
Yes. Really? It should be. I don't think it's up anymore. I tried to look for it so I could link you guys, but I couldn't find it. Uh, but there was a website in the early 2000s that was dedicated to Bucky, and it gives different perspectives, different images of him in the movies, meaning that one scene and different oh my God. different images. <laughs> um, it's quite funny, and I just also love the fact that he has Bucky. So, so, not even so his Dave, full name, just Bucky on his hat. Go so for Dave, it. Dave, we, we might not be out of – or we might not be out of hope yet. For all we know, we might find a Busetta fan page. Imagine I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna like have to look for one. <laughs> it's blackturtlenotguy.com, and it's just pictures of Busetta <laughs> and Godfather too. Um, lynch mobs and Halloween movies. Does this spawn evil dies tonight? I know. I thought the same thing. And honestly, rewatching this this weekend, it honestly made me dislike kills and ends even more. That it's like, yeah, so we really are just remaking these movies. Like, we are just new sequels, in the, especially in the Halloween franchise, are just redoing what has been done before. Ends, because, en- ends like... And I, we already I, knew that, but like it's like, oh my god, yeah, this is like literally like, okay, here's this guy's dad leading the charge. And, you know, all these... I think the, one of the cops says, like, we got a bunch of beer bellies with shotguns, which is such a great line. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, yeah, like, we're just copying what better sequels in this franchise have already done i am big so, yeah. rory and i are big on halloween ends but uh, the halloween kills thing i do agree with you this is yeah I, when i first saw it i'm like oh so this is just Halloween. and listen i'm not i don't think halloween at kills least is halloween the- ends did something bold kills it's it's essentially had a couple is, yeah. good scenes but it's like yeah. i kind of wish they the original i was listening to a podcast like a couple of months ago with the i believe the makeup uh the guy i think he did the makeup and effects on Halloween Kills on the whole trilogy, mm. but he was saying the original idea for end for Kills was for the entire movie or like 75 80% of the movie to place take place in 78, which that's oh. my favorite part of Halloween Kills yeah. is the 78 stuff, so that would have been yeah. pretty interesting. Um, Kelly Meeker has aged the best, big fan of Kelly Meeker. <laughs> uh, cops do it by the book Nightgown, that's that's uh, oh my God, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that's actually She's what I wanted. So. You do? Oh yeah. man, I need. To, yeah. Can you can you show me where you bought that? Because I think I need one of those. Uh, I've got this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The Kelly, the Kelly, <laughs> the Kelly Meeker kill. I think it's my favorite of the movie. When, yeah. When they he kill, stabbed somebody with a gun. With a gun. <laughs> uh, um, Rachel, the the final uh, the rooftop sequence with Rachel and Jamie. Oh my gosh, uh, excellent! Amazing. And then like Jack touched on at the final shot, and you guys already mentioned like the no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going back to the rooftop yes. scene real quick, um, I love a roo- rooftop like tense sequence. Like I actually just made a post because I over the summer talked about. So I married an axe murderer, which that big climax happens on the roof, and it got me thinking. Like Scream Four has that cool roof scene that I wish was longer. But like I realized rewatching Halloween Four that I actually could see a lot of similarities with scream for like mm. even the way the houses look they're closer together and it's very sure. dark and atmospheric that like i don't know that's just my little nerdy brain that i'm like oh yeah i wonder if kevin williamson writing four wanted to kind of tie into halloween for since obviously the first scream ties into the first halloween so that's just my little nerdy thing but i love that rooftop sequence yeah, it's same. great because we don't see michael for a bit and then all of a sudden he's there and Oh my god, love it! And the tiles are falling, and the girl, oh, love it, love it, love it. So, what's age of the worst? I'm sure we're gonna have some fun here. I know I did. Um, the Halloween continuity. Mm. <laughs> we'll start. We'll start there. We already talked about the Michael Myers mask. Listen, like 
Rachel saying you want an oinko for her daughter when she's like a hundred oh pounds. God. Yeah. Um, overreacting to having a date canceled and expecting that one date to lead to marriage. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Can I just tell you, I wrote that line down and I was like, <laughs> I, uh, we end up loving Rachel, but Rachel's yeah. kind of a bitch in the yep. beginning. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you are kind of crazy. Wait, hold on. I just have to say what she says. Cause she, yeah, she brings up engagement. She says, I, th- I thought tonight Brady was ready to make a, co- or, <laughs> I think tonight Bre- Brady was going to be ready to make a commitment. I'm like, Oh my God, girl, you're crazy. Nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Was that uh, more of like, um, like less of an engagement thing, but more like we're officially boyfriend and girlfriend because I know yeah. to be a step. Uh, right. But, but then she like brings the up weirdest, marriage. The, weird, the weirdest way to like put it. The reason, <laughs> yeah. the reason I'm with Mark here is because Rachel literally says like your grandkids future is in jeopardy yeah. pretty much. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And I think all we needed was for her mom I guess I just wanted more of the mom. I, I, cause again, going back to like, I kind of wanted the mom as she's holding Jamie, you know, early on to like tell her more about Laurie Strode or something. But I, I think all we needed is her mom to be like, okay, you got to chill out or something. Seriously. Right? Because it's cute. We all were teens. You know, our first crush or love is like the one we want to marry. Right. So it's cute. But it's just like, whoa, Rachel. Yeah. Coming off kind of loony okay? also brady also, i love that the dad like blames the mom for his tie getting yes coffee. yes i'm like okay let's be nicer to your wife who had nothing to do with that also <laughs> Br- brady's not the best looking guy in the world see okay i have to disagree maybe <laughs> really okay the only maybe the only uh queer person here and maybe the only queer person listening but as a gay man um i had such a crush really? on sasha jensen and oh, i know okay. he is kind of weird looking but I don't know. There's something about him. He's such a babe. And that scene between him and Kelly, they're bu- she's a babe. Oh, no, that's a great scene. Oh, my. And I'm, scene. I forgot. I thought we saw her boobs, but we actually don't. That's uh, This is actually – we almost see, and then they cut away. I'm like, oh. He, but the two of them together by the fire. That was a great so scene. Line of, the so mo- great. line of the movie is like, oh, I think I'm in heaven. Yes. Die <laughs> laughing every time. But he is he is a little – I mean, he's got a bit of a uni. His hair is so 80s, you know, but I don't know something about him. I'm like, yeah, Brady. Yeah. All right, then I I stand. I take I take it back. That he's no he's no uh, Bob in Halloween. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even the cute guy from Halloween too. Yes, nice, like, nurse guy. Yeah, he's yes. such a yeah nice, good looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what Jimmy else do I have? Jimmy, yes, thank you. Uh huh. Not not amazing. Grace, come sit on my no, face. Bud, <laughs> bud, bud. Yeah. Um. Let he looks see. like his name would be Bud. So the I, I, I hated this in the first two Halloweens, and I hate it even more now because it's 10 years after this. The constant hating and doubting of Dr. Loomis. Like, I know. He wasn't right yeah. originally in Halloween 1 and 2, and you're still doubting that this man's telling the truth. Um, those punk kids bullying Jamie. Which one's the worst of the insults? Like, your mommies. A mommy. I know that one's I was cold. Gonna say, well, they were go- going on about like Michael, and then they're like, "Yeah, your mom's dead." I'm like, "Jeez, <laughs> dead parents!" Like, jeez. I know they are rough. Back later, though, and he's like, "Wow, that clown costume's really cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Really?" The kid needs to be medicated. He's um, like up here. And... What's age yeah. the worst? Rachel's love life definitely age the worst. Mm. Um, Brady's inability to maneuver through two girls. Yeah, that's that's tough. And and but I do love the great little uh romantic tension that they all are in the same house. Yes. Like that to me is such good writing where it's like 
the only place to hide out is the sheriff's house. Who's the sheriff's daughter? Who's who's hooking up with the sheriff's daughter? Oh boy, here we go. Love triangle. The killing right, but... killing of the dogs in Halloween. That's age the worst. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Why does Haddonfield sell mask of a known serial killer? Mark, you touched on that before. <laughs> right. I'm like, let's um, get rid of this one. Jeez. Ted Hollister. If you guys remember that scene where they just killed that random guy, Ted Hollister. Which when, one's Ted? When the lynch mob just kills someone behind oh, the tree. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's like, you I'm son of a bitch. Reports. You said that was Myers. And we don't even like see Fair like enough. a dead hand on the ground or anything. Yeah, they're just nothing. looking behind the bush like, yeah, he's dead all right. Yeah. And then you know it's really funny in that scene if they were like, you know, we should probably blame this on Michael. You guys cool with that? <laughs> <laughs> the last couple, Brady thinking he could take down Michael Myers on the stairs, but un- he's unable to even load a shotgun properly. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the last. Well, also, Brady and Kelly had to die. Sorry, but like you just. They did. They're, yeah. They're, they're, he's cheating. I mean, even if he and Rachel aren't official, but like you just know they first of all the golden rule they're starting to hook up they're starting to have sex you're i dead. mean like come on you're asking for it but like the way they both are so like come on what's the big deal like kelly is kind of mean to rachel in that nightgown i forget what she says but she's like you need to know what men want i'm like are oh, you, kelly are you Bra- are going to die he's that's the first part she's like or brady won't be the first man you lose to another woman i'm like bro i'm like okay chill, and man. three she gotta, two one michael's in the back he's like i got this like <laughs> like how dare her disrespect rachel with that beautiful wool sweater she has on <laughs> um and then finally the way they kill Michael Myers in this movie and Loomis's acceptance of it after he burned him to death in part two and still came back <laughs> is utterly shocking to me. Uh-huh. And that's all I got. Uh, Jack, do you got it? I know you got stuff here. Yeah, you, you touched on most of it. The two that I will go on for, I'll extend on the mask a bit. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, I, I was a little somewhat kind of nicer, too, because I was like, it was probably harder to replicate that in the context of what it was. Like, at this point, they probably, like, I don't know, got like a Michael Myers mask rather than, like, altering a William Shatner mask. So they were not going to get, like, the same, like, outcome regardless. That said, I did find it pretty funny that he got the mask from a discount store. So that at least was somewhat in line. Uh and then the other one, which is just a nitpick mentioned earlier that I rewatched the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tell me why there are Western gunshot sound effects in this. Like, there will be gunshots, and then you'll hear, like, the, like, bouncing off, like, ricochet noise. And I'm just like, I thought, like, I didn't know Leone had a part in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rory, what do you got here? What's age of the worst for you? I only have one thing. So, uh, Brady... I guess shoots at the doorknob. Yes. And he's like, damn, it. he says something like, it's metal. God damn it, it's metal. And she's like, what does that mean? My complaint, why doesn't he explain what that means? <laughs> <laughs> very confused as to why metal is, you can't shoot it, you can't shoot through it. I, I don't know. Does anyone have an answer for this? Please explain I- this to me. I just took it as, well, because then he, he doesn't really explain, but he does have a great line, which I do love. We're trapped in this house. I'm like, oh, yes, dun, dun, dun. But no, I, my only thinking was, and maybe I've seen this from other films, that, yeah, if it's a metal door and you shoot it, the whole thing is hot for, like, a while. I don't know if that's, like, make-believe, but I feel like I've seen that in other things where it's, like, you can't touch it. You can't, like, you can't go near it. And just my, it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, just, like, put, put on the layers. But my question was, wait, how is the door locked from both? 
from the inside? Like, I, I don't really <laughs> understand how they couldn't get out. Like, did Michael, like, add more locks to it? Like, it's just a normal door, guys. So. I think bullets are just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't work against uh, plot convenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Mark? Do you have anything that's aged the worst for you? The only thing I can add, because I agree with everything, um, the only thing I can add is the drinking and driving from the old man who later was in The Wedding Singer. Um, <laughs> uh, old, I think he's a pretty stronger. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, the only thing I can add is how he picks up Loomis. And I realized, re-watching this, oh, is that why we have the old-timey truck in H2O? You know, yeah. 10 years after this, like, oh, it's a nod to that. Because I'm like, why is that mom driving that weird truck in H2O? It's like 1998 and she's driving yeah. that thing. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't really fit. So I'm like, oh, I think it's like a, a nod to that. But um, yeah, that's all I would say is priest driver who's crazy is just drinking, I don't know, whiskey or something. Pleasance is drinking. I'm like, okay, you're driving. This is not so great. It, but it made me do a deep dive. I don't think back then in 88. I actually don't know if uh, drinking and driving was illegal yet. I was like doing a deep dive on moms against drunk driving and that like kind of went into effect everywhere. Like not until like 1990, which is really kind of crazy. Fascinating. Yeah. At, at least, at least like blanket across the country, m maybe in Illinois, you know, but like, yeah, I guess seeing that back in 88 was not as shocking as it would be today, which is Jack. I think drinking and driving was illegal. <laughs> Jack, did you want to comment on the priest? Oh, yeah, no. I, I, at first, I was so confused. Like, he just, like, whatever he was saying was so, like, weirdly worded. Like, he made it sound like he was, like, looking for Michael Myers. And he said for, like, thir for, like 30 years. And I was like, wait, the events of Halloween 2 were, like, 10 years ago. And the events of Halloween before Michael killed his sister were, like, 14 years ago. So I was like, were you just looking for a child for, like... Six years just buzz. He was like, I've got the soul read on this guy. He is not good news, guys. We need to find him now. Can I explain that, actually? Because I, I think that's actually tied into the original film. Oh, when really? Dr. Loomis in that cemetery. What was his name? Um, he was talking about Charlie Bowles. Oh, he's like, why do they do it? Yeah. <laughs> he like, He's, like, talking about this, this man who basically, like, murdered his whole family. And hmm. I think the idea of the original movie, when you actually sever it from the rest of them, it's this whole thing where like evil touches people and then it moves on. And I always just sure. got the sense that like that priest has just been like chasing various forms of evil for like 30 years. Um, Michael's kind of like the most recent incarnation of it. And then mm -hmm. it passes on to Jamie. So I just got a sense that he's, chasing down evil and it's perfect that he's a priest to be doing oh yeah for sure i love that's actually my favorite scene in the movie i'm not gonna lie to you as oh. far as character stuff goes i love that scene mm. i know mm -hmm. i know you guys can that's kick right. me off the podcast no no like not at all <laughs> no. not at all no nope. that, that was that was that was very well explained yeah um all right our joe spinell that guy award jack i have i i I hope no one takes mine because I really wanted. I really want to say this, uh, but go for it, Jack. What do you got here? See, th this was where I said that I was doing what might be a real chronicles first because I don't have a person here. I have a location because I too sniped Vincent's drugstore and oh, I went, "Wait nice. a second. Nice. And nice. I realized I was like, "That was from the Sandlot." Uh, and then yeah, none of the other like actors I don't think had been in anything that I was 
uber familiar with so this was pretty much the closest i got and it was a really cool easter egg when i did find out so for me i have um someone that i think rory and mark may have seen in other movies and definitely tv shows Ray- raymond o'connor as a security guard at the beginning of the movie oh yeah yeah i'm just, like how do i know that guy uh-huh. ju- just because of the line delivery he's like when the guy's like jesus and he's like stops him he's like Jesus got nothing to do with this place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. So Let's that go, baby. So <laughs> um, I was going to say, what happened? I love him. I love that character. I think oh, he, yeah. that, that performance is so fun. It's just so on point. I just want to ask him, is it worth is like, I just want to ask him, is it worth the pension that you're getting to like deal with this every day? Because you really know, seem to know, like, how evil this place is, but you're still working He doesn't seem here. like he's got a lot going on, that guy. That mm. is true. That is true. You know? Does it seem like he seems like a rough hang though? Like he's gonna be all negative the whole time. I was gonna say he's probably seen a lot of shit, so he probably has like the worst like view of the world. (laughs) Like he plays poker with his friends every day, and he's like, "You're not gonna believe who came into my to the to the assignment." Yeah, yeah, has has, like loses with like a four of a kind, and he's just like, "That's not even like top five worst things that's happening today." Um, Roy, what do you got here? When it, when you guys say like the that guy, so award, pretty much just, like, like someone I've seen before. So yeah, so like, pretty much when you look at like when I see the Raymond O'Connor and anything else, I'll be like, oh, that's the guy from Halloween Four. Like, who do you okay. want? Who do you see in this movie? You're like that guy. Oh, uh, Sasha, Sasha Jensen. That's his mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Yep. Um, I I saw this movie when I was a child called My Boyfriend's Back. Oh, I remember that movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Isn't he also in Days and Confused? Yes, yep. he is. And he's in the Buffy movie with yes, Christy Swanson. Mm-hmm. Which more people need to talk about the Buffy movie. <laughs> Do you like it? He's fantastic. I I enjoy that movie. I mean, it's not perfect, but that's a no, good it's, movie. It's can't be good time. Oh yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have anyone here? Um, I would say I agree with um with the guy in the opening and with Sasha, and then I'll just shout out my priest friend, uh, which I'm looking yes, him up right now. Yes, he's been in a lot. That guy, his name's Carmen Filpi, because I I talked about the wedding singer earlier this year on my show. He's been in Wayne's World, so I would give it to him, Carl Filpi, who died uh, 20 years ago. So. Oh wow, um, hey, Carmen, you know that guy. Can I give one more? Yeah, Actually, go for I just it. Of- go for it. You know the guy who's like in charge, who's basically like signing over Michael. Wasn't he the guy that looked over Ivan Drago on Rocky IV? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. I think you're 100% right. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. I think so. So he just keeps, you know, passing along maniacs into the world. That's so funny. (laughs) Wow, Uh, that's funny. I don't know if he's – is our sheriff in any other category for you guys, or can I mention him here as another person? Go ahead. All right, Bo Star. Uh, (gasps) Oh! I just realized, oh he my was, god, he was, that's hilarious. He was also in Goodfellas two years later as Henry Hill's dad. So yeah, this, <laughs> that's exactly right. This <laughs> makes me wonder if Martin Scorsese saw Halloween 4 and he's like, I want that guy. <laughs> I want him in my movie. Um, Al Martino miscast award. I think this movie's pretty... I think I pretty much like all the casting. I wouldn't really change much on it. I, I, I had written down simply for Dave. I was like, is there room for Tom Atkins? And if so, where would you Okay, <laughs> yes, there is. Actually, I'm, I think that should be a new category for horror podcasts we yeah, do. Is yeah, there room yeah, for yeah. Tom Atkins? Yes, there is. Because I would remove the deputy and just put Tom Atkins in that role. He has a stash. We don't need to just get rid of him. Tom Mackin has that sex appeal, has the charisma where you're Kelly Meeker. You wonder, is Kelly Meeker going to go with Tom Atkins or Brady? Like, 
That that's <laughs> like answers always Tom Atkins. The answer is always Tom Atkins. I tell Jack all the time, like the sex appeal of Tom Atkins in the eighties is bar none, bar none. <laughs> Jack will never get it, but it's it's okay. Tom Atkins is the man. Um, yeah. Anyone miscast for you here, Rory? Or you you're pretty much. You know, honestly, I, I think it's a perfectly casted film. And, and I don't mean that in a way where it's like, oh, I really like this movie. It can't do any wrong. I just think all the people in Haddonfield, they just look like real people that you would yeah, see in a small I like town. I like, mm-hmm. I, actually, I, it's like I wish more movies would cast the way that that movie did. Because I just they're all very like like the people in the bar. None of them are like particularly handsome or anything like mm-hmm. that they just look like guys you'd see in a bar so no I, I i can't think of anybody that i thought was like uh no i'm good awesome mark what about you anyone miscast for you here i agree i think this was a great cast no no issues i love both stars the sheriff and it, it was fun to see him I, in five so he you know had was able to carry over my only um wonder is yeah like it would have been pretty cool to see a cameo from Lindsay and Tommy, you know, Kyle sure, Richardson. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna... What's his name? You know, that would have been fun in the bar or, I don't know, around town. Like, that could have been something. But I know then that would need to be fleshed out. And it, you kind yeah. of can't bring them back for just, like, a one line. So, um, no, I think as is, really good, solid group of actors. For sure. I think we all have the same here for the music, Maurice Chouard music moment of the movie. It's the opening. Like, I don't think anyone has yeah. anything different here, right? Um, our Black Turtle Nut Guy Award, the best small scene in the movie. It's it's Harlow Marx as Bucky. <laughs> Wait, that's his name? <laughs> Har- yes, I looked it up. It's Harlow Marx, and then, like I mentioned, there is a website dedicated to Bucky. I mean, oh my God, Bucky! He's... Justice for Bucky. He's not even. Yeah, he's not even in the <laughs> Wikipedia credits. He's gonna <laughs> dig for him. <laughs> um, Jack, what do you got here? If anyone. Uh, the usual Bucky, yeah. <laughs> um, Rory, Sunday the dog. Um, Sunday the dog. <laughs> honorable. So it has to be Bucky, but um, honorable mentions Sunday and uh, that guy taking the, <laughs> the the guy working at the mental hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's also it's one scene. So that's, that's a good one there. Both of them nearly bent to death. I love his <laughs> his delivery. It's so yes. Perfect. Yes, I agree. I in addition to Bucky, it's got to be that guy in the opening. He's so fun. Like I need him to like host a horror a show or something yeah. <laughs> and do an intro every every. He's time the he's something. the next he's the next guy that joins uh, Only Murders in the Building as the pod the the the, <laughs> the villain podcaster. Oh my god, love it. Um, and then the Thomas Mitchell, so best supporting player. I have Donald Pleasance because he's. In it yeah, enough? I, not he's I, not the I was, lead. I was I was curious about this because I was like, how? Because like Loomis and Lloyd are kind of like, kind of set to the side in some parts, but also like the center of other parts. So it's kind of like not fully the lead, but like maybe a little too much time where you would call supporting. But I would probably throw Pleasance in here as well. Yeah, well, it's hard because yeah, his name's like listed first, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but that doesn't always mean they're actually the lead, of course, you know? So yeah, it's like, is he a lead? Is he supporting, right? What about you, Rory? Who do you got here? Hmm. Sunday the dog. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, Donald Pleasance too? Oh. Well, you know, I would actually say he's, the male lead and let's say the female lead is jamie 
Mm-hmm. So I guess I gotta just give it up for um, Ellie as Rachel. I yep. mean, I love Ellie even though, even though she's kind of a lead as well. But let's just you know, um, I think she's such a great, a fun, very realistic heroine. You know, because sometimes these movies all of a sudden they like turn into badass. You know, she, I, she never feels like a badass to me, but she's a smart able girl that's you know doing as much as she can and i some of her scenes like some of my favorite scenes that i've forgotten about this in this movie are very nightmare on elm street-esque mm-hmm. with lighting and like the neighborhood at night and when she's when she sees michael just appear in like the fog it is so spooky and how she's running and jumping fences and kind of running through the backyards um it's also giving me like some helen shivers from i know you know so um yeah i think she's just a really cool good choice for a great supporting role Yep, she's actually co MVP with Daniel Harris. I think they're both uh, phenomenal. I, I, so I'm. It's funny you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street because she gives me a lot of uh, Alice vibe. Alice. Vibes. Oh, Alice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like they yep. right built you. her up in four. Yep. And as much as I don't like Dream Child, I, th- I won't say I won't like it, but there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. I don't think Alice is the problem, and I think no, I agree. What they do with Alice, at least they respect the character, unlike what. Halloween Five does with Rachel, which is yeah. another conversation. Oh, I know that's a whole another conversation. That's weird. It's a it's quite a choice. Yeah. It's and every time I rewatch it every year because I do the whole franchise every year, it still angers me that they went in that direction with her because why it makes I don't I don't mind the the uh, yeah we'll have to talk about it sometime. Yeah, I know, for you know, sure. I don't I don't mind it, but just like some of the little details, I'm like, really? She's like, she just got out of the shower and now she's lying on a bed all wet. Rachel would not do that exactly. You know, and after it's, everything, it's those little character. Things, you know? After everything she went through in four, that's not something she would do as a character. So I'm with uh-huh. you. But yeah, Daniel Harris as a as a whole, like I'm very like I'm sure she's I mean, she's great. I like a lot of the work she she's done outside of this, but very yeah. interesting she is like the what if feel for her. I feel like she could have really been like a megastar because she's really good in this. And she's been in some big movies. I mean, even Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, like some really memorable things, and it is interesting how for whatever reason, I don't know enough about her. Yeah, same she, here. Yeah, she ended up kind of just doing a different route. But I mean, we're still talking about her. Oh, she's we're still, still talking about her. She's still great. She's a great meet. Mm-hmm. Like she's awesome. She's got a good podcast. That's fun with her. And how him. is yeah? A, a, it's a fun. Scout, it's fun right? to hear them. Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah, the Halloween girls. So they're they're a fun duo for sure. Yeah, and they know their horror. They love horror. So yeah, I, um, I recommend it every now and then. Jack Daniel Harris. I have Daniel Harris with the honorable mention going to Howarth. Okay. And Rory will be back. Now let's get into the Mount Rushmore from this movie. Mm. So I the way I do it, I usually just throw some things out here and see if they stick on the wall. Jack. Okay. Legacy sequels. Probably not. <laughs> okay, let's let hold on. Okay. Star right. Wars. The Force Awakens, Mad, Mad Max Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, mm. Top Gun Maverick. All right, so now okay, think... Mad Max Fury Road, Top Gun Maverick, Star Wars: The Force um, Awakens. Star Wars. Okay, so that's three. We only have one I'm... spot left for Legacy. It's not, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking of it right now, but I would be amazed if I cannot think of <laughs> anything else that it goes to Halloween for. So I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's something. So Rory, you stepped away for a second. We're talking Mount Rushmore, but who is your MVP of the movie? MVP of the movie? Yep. My heart says Sunday, but I'm not going to go Sunday. <laughs> I've enough attention to this dog. Um, I heard that dog's not very nice to his fans too, which is weird. Um, MVP. 
It's got. I would. I would say Rachel. Okay. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Even and though then... I think she's a little impatient with uh, Jamie's grieving process. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's only she's been like... six months from what I from what I read. Like, so it was only six months bitch. since she, since uh, Lori passed. All right, Jack. Um, Child back, horror. Back, back to it. I figured it out. All right. What is and it? And I can confirm. It's Cobra Kai. That's not a movie. No, 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 that's a T. No, you cannot okay, do that. Okay, all right, fine. I'll cancel it out again. Blade Runner 2049. All right, mm. you win. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be it. amazed if it was in the, if I could think of a fourth. All right, is this Mount Rushmore for child horror acting performances? I think yes. Probably. Oh, yeah. Let's, well, Reagan McNeil's the obvious number one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Blair. Um, I, think I also she's... love... Miko Hughes, who was in both Pet Cemetery and New and Nightmare, New Nightmare. Uh, he's a pretty great child horror actor, and he's in the um, new fan film. I haven't seen that one yet. Haley Joel Osment. If you want to oh, get, yeah. if you yeah. want to go technical, yeah. Haley Joel Osment. Fuck mm-hmm. off. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know that doesn't quite fit your your palated metric of what horror is. <laughs> no, no, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a horror movie. I just can't stand that kid. I, oh really? I oh wow. How about Alex Vincent in the second? Oh yes, the second, yes. The second uh, Child's Play movie. I think he's terrific in that. There's definitely a lot of great child horror performances. I I think just even thinking. I mean, even like I don't know if if you guys would put him on a Mount. I wouldn't put him on a Mount Rushmore, but just to talk about it, Danny Danny Lloyd in The Shining. Oh, oh sure, oh, yeah. that's probably up there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, yeah. So that's. <laughs> Um, if you want to count Jaws, uh, Mrs. Kittner's son. <laughs> I was, that, my mind went to there. I was like, I'm gonna, I'll see if Dave brings him up. Um, is this Mount Mount Rushmore for rooftop sequences in movies? Okay, so Vertigo is the number one. For, or wait, yep. for Departed, Vertigo. I would put this over uh, the Departed. Die Hard. Like they the, never get the... to the top of Nakatomi Plaza at the end, though. Yes, they, that... yes, they do. Hins, ha, they, no, they blow up ha, the helicopter. But Hans Gruber doesn't fall off the roof; he falls off a lower floor. So that's why I don't count I mean, that. I mean, I, uh, uh, I got one. I mean, I mean, would you? I mean, I don't even know if I'd. I mean, I'd say the final. I mean, the final moment of Halloween of Halloween Four is like the big like oh shit moment because like the rooftop is like good, but that's like the. The finale is what like really kicks it. So, Rory, what do you I, got? I, I throw it up there. Um, the Crow is riddled with great rooftop moments. Well, that is true. The Crow is great. <laughs> mm. Most of that movie is on rooftops. <laughs> uh, this one's this one go- comes into our discussion on the mass. Is this Mount Rushmore for misleading movie posters? Because the mask in the Halloween <laughs> Four movie say. poster is definitely not the mask in the movie. And Dave can confirm. I I took the liberties of updating the poster on Letterboxd, and very very, very good posters does this franchise have? It does. I can say. Yeah. Uh, what about the child? Isn't in the movie either. What happened? The house. Oh, the house isn't even in the movie. You're right. That's true. <laughs> Completely misleading. You're right. Oh my god. Is this? I got three more. Is this actually no more than three? Uh, is this the de- uh, child debut performances? Is this? Overall, let me, go, let me go to the Google search. I would say so. Yeah, I think that's up there. Did, did Henry Thomas do anything before ET? That's I. That's the only one that came to mind as a possible. Well, I was gonna say I know Drew. I don't think Drew Barrymore did. So maybe throw that one in there too. I would take um, Daniel Harris over Drew Barrymore. Yeah. In ET, as much as she's good, really good in ET. Um, surviving hospital fires. 
for Lu- for Lubis and, and you got two sur- you got two survivors of hospital <laughs> fires in this movie. Well, I, guess, I guess in I guess in terms of quantity, <laughs> um, swinging and missing on not just one but two girls. I, I I guess we can't count him, him missing completely on Kelly because he was about to finish the job. Yeah, they were. So about that's to, true. Yeah, he he got he got intercepted there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, last one, selling serial killer merchandise. Because on like wait Ro- no Rory what was the did we was it Jason lives that had yeah, like the, the hamburgers the Voorhees burgers yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, that's uh, Jason goes to hell. Jason goes yeah, to hell. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think Rory knows this. I don't know if Mark has ever been to a con that does this, but the Monster Mania convention, they used to one. have some a vendor who got booted from the convention that used to sell cereal like, like, uh, Manson merch and Bundy oh, merch. God, so what? It Bro. seems like it's a thing, and I think it's a very creepy thing. It's a gross thing. Like, that's weird. You know, that's what that's what's kind of nice about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Kind of like taking what you thought was going to happen and turning it into something that you wish happened. Like, yes. I, 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 I don't. I don't think it's good to celebrate things like that. I don't yeah. know. Those are like real people that die. I'm not trying to. No, no, um, you're you're great. You're 100 percent right. I agree with thousand like percent with you. Or something, but I'm like, I don't know. We're celebrating like, fictional I don't get really into Halloween because I know Michael Myers isn't real and all the actors went home that day. Um, but mm. like, know, you're st- like, I've got Charles Manson's weird something. I don't know. Did yeah, he ever- yeah. Like, they used to have like his like real stuff from him, like they were able to find, and they used to put it in like frames and stuff like that. And I we used to pass that booth a lot, and I used to be always like, I don't get it, and then. It's not like a booth that didn't sell. Like you had people buying on the, true, on the true regular. True crime, yeah. It's it's just I don't know. Like Rory said, it's just fucking weird and gross and disgusting. Um, yeah. And then last one, Vincent's drugstore. But yeah, by default. Yeah. By default. What, what are the other? What are the other ones? The Sandlot. Sandlot, yeah. And, um, there were there were more. Right? There's more. I don't have the list of that. Uh, but that's the one that I um uh, that I remember specifically. And when I did the, I'm like, oh wait a minute, this was in the Sandlot. So, uh, Jack, do you have anything here? Uh, this one I actually don't. I tried. The only one I could think of was Halloween movies, like from the franchise. Like, does it make the top four? Uh, yes, it does. My top four. It does. Uh, You're number two. Mark, what about you? Would it be in your top four? Hmm. That's tough. Probably. I would go one, one, two, H2O and four. Yeah. Those are probably like my most solid entries that give me the vibe give me good story mm-hmm. and then rory that's this is number two for you right yeah i think it goes like actually weird to bring up h2o so i would say it's like one four h2o for me. and <laughs> then okay. for me yeah for like me when it's like that, 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 when they instill the emotion into these things properly it's not just mm-hmm. like a stock and slash kind of thing i do yeah. like stock and slash but um one four and seven always get me and mm-hmm. then me it's one three two four so oh yeah a, three is a, really good it's in so wait what's your order one three two four, four. Okay. yeah so we're mm-hmm. pretty much all have four and in, in our mm-hmm. and when you get there jack ten, I, yeah, ten gonna, years from I now say like uh, it, it's i've only seen it's currently in just even though i haven't seen a lot but i still feel like it'll probably hold because like i still have resurrection to get to and some of the oh, others boy. that i know, you know you're very raving about so 
I think know, Resurrection has, has an interesting idea, and it was a little ahead of its time with like live streaming, but mm, oh, the execution, the decisions, what? It's yeah, interesting because some... I think about that too, like the whole idea of like, was this actually a bad idea? No, you're right, Mm-mm. Mark. It's just they could not have fumbled it. Nothing works in that movie. Nothing yeah. <laughs> works it's in weird. that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alrighty. And then to finish up some facts about the movie before we go home here. I so, actually real quick and you yep. can cut this out or what up. Uh, I actually have to run Dave. So yep. I'm going to sneak out. I'm yep. dying early. I'm nope. so sorry. I have to run, but great to see you guys. Keep great chatting. to see you are, are uh, you're more than welcome to come on anytime. You have been killed off by Michael Myers. Yes. I'm the first one. Nice to go. You're the first, you're the first to go. one to go. <laughs> Bye. All right. Take care. All righty. So let's finish up with some fun facts here. A scene was filmed to bridge the story with Halloween two. Uh, it was a flashback to the finale of part two where Loomis is being tended by paramedics. When he sees the burning body of the shape, Loomis explains to the EMS technicians, let him burn. But they douse the flames or yells. <laughs> oh, it's the way it's, re- it's, it's written. It is with an exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> but it's they, funny. They, they use that in uh, Halloween kills. Yeah, they do. You're right. Yeah. They doze the flaming body of Myers despite his pleas, and a similar moment occurs in Halloween Kills. So you nailed it there. Uh, this I wish Mark was here because he touched on it before, and I was saving it for here. The girl who drove Rachel and Jamie to the discount mart, her name was Lindsay. That is actually Lindsay Wallace. That, that, okay, no, I was going to say, I saw, I was looking at like the names of the characters and everything, and I saw the name Lindsay, and I was like, that's not... Is it? And yep. They never like hard confirmed or anything, so I just kind of sat and wondered. But good to know that it was. So she was actually going to have a larger part in the movie, but it was cut for budgetary reasons as well, which I would have loved her in a movie. Like, yeah, yeah. like of course. Um, the third boy hanging out with Brady and Wade in the drugstore was actually meant also to be Tommy Doyle. So they were actually, which makes okay. sense year wise. He would have been yeah that age, so it kind of works out. Um. Series creator John Carpenter wrote a treatment for the film that had more ghostly psychological approach to Michael Myers' mythos. It concerned the town of Haddonfield and what effects the events of the first two movies had on its citizens. Pretty interesting. Check checks out for where like Carpenter was in like that time. Like had just doing like Prince of Darkness. I think that was like the year prior. So definitely not surprised to see him kind of in that spiritual bag of horror. And then the mask on the movie poster looks more like the one used in the first two Halloween movies because it was correct. <laughs> uh, during production of the rooftop chase, Ellie Cornell was injured by a pro protruding nail as she slid down the roof after a quick trip to the local hospital she finished a scene with her bandages in place according to daniel harris it didn't even phase her um 1988 was the first year in which all three of the top horror franchises released movies so we had halloween friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street all released movies the same year we had halloween 4 friday the 13th part 7 and nightmare on elm street part 4 all released in 1988 <laughs> The Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street—they were just like being so calculating and like, like, like consider their movies. And Friday the Thirteenth was just like, get them out faster, faster. We need more. And what make what makes it even better year for horror? That was the same year we got the first Child's Play. We also oh, wow. got Hellraiser two and Phantasm two. So basically, a temple year for horror sequel. franchises. Yeah. <laughs> so something had to be done. 
for the improbability of Dr. Loomis surviving Halloween 2. So the filmmaker gave some burn scars on his hand and face. Pleasant's girlfriend watched some of the dailies and said, look, Donald, you've got an egg on the side of your face. So if you notice the beginning of the movie towards the end of the movie, the, the scars on his face look completely different because T Pleasant's complained to the crew and they changed the scarring on his face. Fun fact. And then last couple, Jamie Lee Curtis reportedly had no interest in reprising the role of Laurie Strode. So, sucks. Well, that, that clearly panned out. <laughs> uh, more for us older folk, Melissa Joan Hart auditioned for the role of Jamie Lloyd but did not get it. So anyone that watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Clarissa Explains It All, will know um, who that is. Daniel Harris went on to work with Dwight Little once again in Free Willy. Oh, okay. wait, really? <laughs> oh, you know that movie, Jack? I would not have expected you to know, know that. I do know Willie. Yeah, that was a VHS tape in my collection as a child. Sublime. I did not think you would know that movie. Um, the original ending of Halloween 4 had Rachel go up the stairs to take a shower and replace the dirty bloodstained clothes she was wearing, only to have Jamie sneak up and stab her to death. That would have been... A real badass ending. Yeah, it would have been much if more Rachel impactful. Rachel was going to like die off in the fifth one in such an unremarkable way anyways, yep. um, that would have been a much better way to, to have her exit the series. Yeah, we were talking about that when you stepped away, the idea of like, Rachel's one of the most beloved characters in the series, and rather the way they treated Alice in Nightmare 5, they did not do that with Rachel in Halloween 5, and they just did what they did to her, and it just... Every time I watch that scene, it still angers me. Um, similar... like a different character. She's not even acting like Rachel. No, not at all. Um, so similar to Halloween 2, the film was originally made in the in mostly bloodless spirit of the original, but producers freaked out and demanded more gore. So a couple of scenes were added. Uh, the stick, Michael sticking his thumb through the the at the beginning of the movie in the ambulance, the EMT that was added. Uh, how. Can I ruin that moment for you? Yeah. I want to ruin it for you. Uh, when you have a second, uh, rewatch the movie at that point, um, and it's going to show you how widescreen can sometimes be not that great for movies. Because if you look at the arm, you see where it cuts off, like the fake prosthetic thing that they oh, were using. Oh, shit. I'll pay attention, because I never paid attention to the arm there. It's like, I mean, it goes by so quick, you blink, you'll miss it, but uh, it's there. <laughs> and then the last one that they added was at the end when they ripped the trucker's head off, like the trucker trucker's face off. But yeah, that's everything I got, guys. Thank you for joining us this week. This was a fun discussion. Next week we will remain in Haddonfield as we cover the 1978 classic Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, not to be mistaken with Rob Zombie's Halloween or David Gordon Green's Halloween. Dang it! <laughs> what? Were you? Oh, I was, I was, I was misinformed. <laughs> but Jack, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can see what I'm watching on Letterboxd. You can just look up my name, Jack Renault. Uh, and then you can also see some of our work over on the Critics Circle as well, including our absent third guest, Hunter. Uh, and yeah. And Rory, thank you so much for coming on. This is very fun. We'll definitely be having you on again. Where can awesome. everyone find you? Um, you can go on Facebook and you can um, look up Ravenview Productions. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can also look up Ravenview Productions and you can actually see the trailer for that movie, which is fun. Um, and we also have a podcast called Frequels 
um, where we kind of do something similar to this, where we just talk about movies, um, except on frequels. We just um, try to find little moments to kind of goof on and make each other laugh. It's kind of like if you're ever like going out for coffee with your friends and you're just talking about a movie and you start going off into those what if scenarios and you're laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just something where we don't like punch down on movies, but we just kind of have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And you can find me at the yeah. Cinematic Reel on Instagram, Letterboxd, on the website. You can find my work on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah, until next week. See you at the movies, kids.